Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What do you get? When you cross a know-it-all newspaper columnist with an awkward, unsophisticated everyman. Yeah, uh, well, I'm just not sure about that right now. Welcome to Couch and the Room. Welcome to Couch in the Room, presented by SkyMint. Premium cannabis, inspiring everyone to live better, love better, look better, feel better, make better decisions if you work in a prosecutor's office, whatever it might be. (laughs) And our Thursday night show, brought to you by our friends at Firekeepers Casino and the Firekeepers iCasino and Sportsbook app. Download the app today. Bet the games we're betting this week. We can lose World Cup games with me. I'm taking a uh, just complete bath right now. It's beyond ridiculous Spain to me I had them tied up in 47 different parlays that went south so there's that but it's also a lot of fun download the app play the games uh, the Firekeepers Eye Casino and Sportsbook app Jason how you doing man I'm never gonna financially recover from this what's up buddy you know what made me laugh since the last time we did a show hmm. that we put out on Twitter or you did anyway uh, the options for the new shirts for Christmas and you did, like, four of your kind of sayings and four of mine, I guess. But you put in the David Ortiz, your impression, your David Ortiz impression. This is to... my fucking city. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I was trying to. Does anyone, please, I know that there was a vote, but I don't know. There how were a few Twitter... votes. There okay. were, like, I need to votes. know. I need to know who the fuck wants David Ortiz. This is my fucking city, dude. <laughs> Listen, I. Trees will make them. It's no problem. I just need to know who you are. No, so here's what happened. And, and I should have just done appreciate you or something like that, or, or we'll fix it in post. Other other suggestions people had. because stupid-looking face. Those were, those were really good suggestions. And I was just trying to think it in the spot, and I needed a fourth one for There's, that particular poll, and I was like, what else do we say? You could throw a tennis ball at the soundboard and hit five better yeah. uh, shirt ideas. It just made me laugh. That's yeah, why you're great. the best. Because I'm sitting there looking at him like, did he put his David Ortiz impression thing on? <laughs> We could have like an outline of uh, Big Poppy. I mean, I don't know if people want it. I just need to know who it is because those twi- those Twitter polls. I just don't know if they just give twelve percent or two percent to one of them. But no, no, it's random it's, votes. It's not. It's not someone, random. If someone just absolutely slipped or accidentally slipped and hit the no, I mean, because hold on, there were like a hundred in that particular one. There were one hundred twenty-five votes. 
and I didn't retweet it from my own account, so I just did it from the Couch and the Roof account because I wanted, you know, I, I didn't want people to fuck with us. <laughs> I just wanted it to be our core audience. Right. And um, because there's no way they could find the Couch and the Roof show. No, but they might not, you know, we're less likely to get fucked with, in other words. Um, and so, yeah, so 6% of, of 125. So you're talking like seven, eight people. Um, All right. Wanted well, that. Let us know who you are. We'll put it up on the website, and you can order them, and we'll get them out to you if you want. Well, this I don't, is my fucking city. I don't know if we're going to do that one. I mean, the idea no, no, is no, we're we, only going to do like here's the four thing. or five, They're right? made to order. Okay. So we can put them on the website. That Teresa's creating the website. We're going to have it up hopefully by tomorrow, and you can start ordering on there, and we can start making them when we get back in town uh, next week. So. Okay. All right, sounds we're like- going out. We're going to Nashville this weekend, so we can't make any this weekend. But if you want to, we, we can have them on there. It doesn't mean we have to. We don't buy them beforehand. All right. So. Don't Coach My Team won that. So, by the way, Don't Coach My Team seems to be popular. Don't Coach My Team. Uh, and then the Couch of the Room playing. Oh. Are we done? Is that, no, is that the no, end of the sorry. show? Uh, where's the other one? <laughs> Zion was a big deal because he was a huge guy, and I just broke my chair. Where's the other one? I don't, I don't know what the other one is. Three Ubers. No, the Izzo one. Oh, I didn't. Why don't you write something? Oh, there we Why go. Why don't you write something? Huh? Why don't uh, you write something? I hate that one. Have the legend on the shirt. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, we've got yeah. a, lot to, a lot to get into today with your groovy donut Twitter questions. Fantastic stuff. We're going to get into the, uh, the story of the day um, and, uh, I, you know, whatever Bill's that might Patriots be. Bill's Patriots tonight, you mean? That's it. Oh, yeah. Bill's Patriots. Damn Amazon. We can't get here. I just came from, I swung by a, a friend's Hallmark Christmas uh, movie party. It's like a theme party where you play Hallmark Christmas bingo. I don't know Holy it's, shit! It's, 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 you it's, live a different life. It, it yes, it's great. But but there was this. What was amazing is there was this. It makes uh, my balls hurt. The first scene. The, the first scene. And there's this architect uh, who was living a very disheveled existence in their office, and all I could think about was the Washtenaw. Uh, County District Attorney, like this is what it must look like. This, this, these sort you of are problems. You were the whitest man alive. Who has a ha- who knows anyone uh, besides you that knows a, a Hallmark party? Well, the other people in the I, mean, I know those people. It's 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 the white the person who throws wow. it's the wife of Matt Wenzel. So he was there from M Live, yeah, like Michigan State football. Yeah, That's a good guy. So, although he takes uh, to be fair to him, I have he a takes feeling no Matt, part. Matt just goes along with it. Not even that. He's like in another room, not wanting anything to do with it. Like, I would go in the other room to talk to him. I like Matt even more now. <laughs> that was, uh, all right, before we dig into your uh, Groovy Donut Twitter questions, as we do uh, every Thursday, uh, what we are betting this weekend, presented by Firekeepers and the Firekeepers iCasino and Sportsbook app. Jason, what are you betting this weekend? I'm doing a little parlay here. We talked with Harry. I kind of changed my mind on one of the picks, but I'm taking USC money line against Utah. TCU, I like that money line. And I'm taking Purdue. Now it's up to 17. I like the plus 17. Parlay plays, uh, it, pay, it pays, excuse me, plus 453. Okay. That's what I'm betting. I have Because I have not lost enough money on soccer, I am going to continue losing money on soccer. Why not? You have to, it has to turn at some point. I don't know if it does. The World Cup's going to end soon, <laughs> and it may not turn in time. <laughs> um, today was a, a, a bath of all bad. Today was one of the worst days there is because I was genuinely happy for Japan, like to watch that sort of upset and to watch them advance and to watch their fans like in tears and to see what it meant to a country. That's a really cool experience. And yet I had so much writing on Spain. I was like, son of a, I can't, this sucks. Um, okay. I like the value on the money line with the U S 
against the Netherlands. I do not think the Netherlands are that much better than the United States, and it's plus 321. Plus you get to root for the United States. It plus 321. That, to me, is good value. I'm going to take it. If you lose it, you lose it. You're, you're betting an underdog at plus 321, who I think is a pretty I – don't, I don't think it's that big a, uh, a big a deal. I also think Argentina in the knockout stages will be way too much for Australia, minus 580. So I'm going to parlay that with England at minus 197 against Senegal and uh, France minus 380 against Poland, and Poland sucks. And um, start there and, and, uh, and that three-team parlay separate from the USA. So the USA and then that three-team parlay of, of favorites is what I am uh, betting this weekend. It's and, not confusing whatsoever. No. And you can uh, – you can, you two, well, no, it's USA, uh-huh. money line. Okay. And then a separate parlay All right. with France on the money line, England on the money line, and Argentina on the money line. Mm. And those, those three uh, is, is favorites. And you have to hit one of these eventually, right? I've hit some. The pro- I mean, I really rolled it up on Spain. It was like, cool, I'll just throw Spain in everything. And I did not see. I did not and see. And you still felt good for the opposing team after that. I don't know. I, you're a better man than me. Yeah, we'll see how, we'll see how badly bets. I spite bet uh, people going. And, and Spain still advanced, so I still have them to, to win the, you know, uh, uh, for a bet to how win the How much longer do we have the World Cup? Uh, till uh, like a week before Christmas. Ah. It's going to go for a while. Great. So, yeah, you can bet those uh, Jason's games, my games, at the Firekeepers iCasino and Sportsbook app. Download the app today. They have cool uh, promotions when you sign up. Uh, daily odds boost, some really cool stuff going on there. The, or, you know what, fun World Cup experience just to go down to Firekeepers, to Daisy's Taproom and Sportsbook. Jason and I have been there. It's, it's a really cool experience. Um, if you're looking for something to do this weekend, catch all the college football. You can be there for the USA soccer game at 10. Just stay throughout the college football. You spend the night there and do the NFL on Sunday. It could be a hell of a weekend for you uh, at Firekeepers uh, Casino and Sportsbook. All right, should we uh, dive into these Groovy Donut Twitter questions? Absolutely. Uh, Eric Schultz, of course, up first. After a season that had more coaching red flags than any since the John L. Smith era, you do understand that saying if MSU gets 14 four-stars, the narrative is that there is okay, uh, that there is okay. It's uh, a is ludicrous it? statement, right? Eric with a rare typo there, and that that is um that's that's my bad. I should move have him down. That. Yeah, sorry. Er- Eric's usually so good that I barely check his. And uh sorry. Um, that's not everybody, to be honest. And every I would appreciate if everybody got to be like Eric in their uh their, <laughs> their <laughs> I think Twitter we're, we're pushing our luck here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Sorry. Uh so well, he's basically saying the, the the narrative that if MSU gets fourteen four stars in the recruiting class, they'll be okay is a ludicrous statement since there have been this many coaching red flags. Um, I, here's the thing. I don't know if that's – I mean, I obviously disagree to some degree because the question is how serious are the red flags. And there have been some coaching, coaching mismanagement. There have been some issues this year that didn't exist a year ago. There's no question that I think Mel Tucker needs to take stock of where he has weaknesses and – find people who compliment him on his staff, and that can be done as well. Um, but I think recruiting is a – the recruiting game for him is a huge, huge part of this. It's why he's making the money. It's why they went after him. It's And, and so they've never had that many four-stars. I want to see what it looks like with Mel Tucker, with anybody coaching the team. I want to see what a Mel Tucker team, when they have the horses, looks like. And so I think there is a chance they're okay if they start to bring those sort of classes in but that's that's a big question mark. Next one from Eric. Speaking of recruiting, it's officially December, and MSU had 
uh, has just 12 kids pledged, third least in the Big Ten, seven less than they've had this time a year ago. Should we be worried? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not a great answer, but like it does seem so like. So, yes. I mean, yeah, yes. If you can't definitively say no, then I guess yes. Then, right? It it it's a low number. I would I expected them to have more. I don't know if it's if them being picky is the right move or not. I guess we'll find out. The other thing to remember is December twenty first is the first signing day. There's another in February. You don't have to finish your class in December. So if they sign seventeen in December, and they're going after you know the one thing I wonder about Mel Tucker, and I have not talked to him about this. But I think Mel is thinking there are going to be a lot of late flips, a lot of kids who feel um, that things went south with their NIL promises or where they really wanted to be, and that that January period may be an opportunity more than it was a year ago, more than it was pre-NIL. I could be wrong on that, but that's just reading the tea leaves from some conversations I've had with him. So you shouldn't be worried then? I don't. Again, I don't know. I don't know if they can pull that off. I'm saying... At the end of the day, I could see why this would be a problem, and I could see why they'd be okay. Uh, so I don't. I, but if he's waiting, that's the gamble that can either pay off, or is this another four or five win season next well, year? Well, but these kids, doesn't. these kids won't impact next year a ton anyway. So the, the 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 real thing is, if you're Mel Tucker and you know this, that your tenure is predicated on recruiting at a, a level that Michigan State has never recruited on, you cannot settle if you're going to get there. Then this may be a gamble that's worth it. But it does, to Eric's point, seem like a low number. Next one from Eric. How do you spend 15 minutes on Peyton Thorne and not mention that he throws the ball so effing late and doesn't go through progressions? And if I hear, quote, offensive line, end quote, again, I'm going to lose it. You want me to list all the terrible squads who scored more versus Big Ten teams than MSU did? You know I'll do it. Yeah, I, I'm. Eric is way down on Peyton Thorne compared to me. I think he's he's okay. I would like to see him, what he would look like with a better team i don't but you have to mention the offensive line a little bit right oh you just did yeah, he's gonna lose i'm it. just saying don't yeah. lose it Eric. um yeah look there, there are things about peyton thorne that have not developed as well as i thought and what i don't know is how much of that is related to what's been around him how much of that's coaching how much that's just his own limitations it's hard to ever know with that and, and guys sometimes if guys don't wind up in the right situation they just never develop and it doesn't matter like you know i always think a guy like josh rosen who was like the 10th pick overall. That guy had wound up with like Bill Belichick as a rookie and gotten a sit behind Tom Brady. He might be an NFL starter right now. Instead, he bounced around, got got discarded right away, and never became anything. But and, and Peyton Thorne, you can say he had weapons, right? I mean, Keon Coleman, that's Shane fair. Reed, two giant tight ends. I mean. That's that's fair. And, and, you know, he had more weapons than, say, Andrew Maxwell, you know, who who at the time, the year that he struggled, had guys who were just dropping passes. Poor Andrew Maxwell. Right. He's always the uh, He's the punchline. Yeah. yeah, he's not. It's not. Uh, Sorry. But he was a guy that was, I mean, he, his ceiling turned out to be a lot lower than people thought, but he was also making progress and then lost his confidence and, and never got it back. And so you do, you do wonder about that. Next one from Eric. You understand that if next year is bad for MSU, it means Mel Tucker most likely isn't the guy, right? Good coaches don't follow up a terrible year and multiple red flags with another terrible year, especially when they've, uh, they've now got a good chunk of their guys on the roster. All right, we're going to make this our Cosmic Fries question of the day presented by Hopcat, uh, the best damn beer bar, world-famous Cosmic Fries, formerly known as Crack Fries, which I think was just an a- as apt a name, uh, mouth-watering, award-winning burgers, including the aforementioned Peyton Thorne, who has his own burger there, which is absolutely fantastic. Two smash patties with American cheese, 
um, bacon on a sunny side egg up served on a pretzel bun with the cosmic fries and each location with uh, carefully curated craft beer uh, list partnered with local partners and uh, that is one of the coolest things again it is feels like a local par- bar wherever you are whether you're in Indianapolis East Lansing Grand Rapids Ann Arbor uh, anywhere in Washtenaw County really and we'll get to that um, that uh, it'll if you're at a hopcat although they only have one in Washtenaw County uh, it will feel like a local um, a local pub. You go to hopcat.com to see where the nearest Hopcat location is to you. So the, the basic question here is, or what Eric's saying is, that you cannot have the red flags that we've seen from Mel Tucker have this year and have another bad year, even if the roster is still developing, and have him be the guy. Do you believe that they can have a year next year where they're 6-6, six and six, if he recruits well now, if he recruits well next year, he can still eventually be the guy. Yeah, but what kind of six and six season is it? Is it kind of like this year where it's kind of frustrating the coaches? You're, you sit there and want the coaches on the hot seat? Or is it six and six where they compete with teams and you kind of see improvement from game to game? There's a different six and six, I believe. I agree with that. I think you can have a year next year where it just looks more competent. You can't have these Indiana games. Or the Minnesota games. Minnesota games. Yep. And because it's not that you can't have those if you're recruiting well, it's that eventually if that's truly who Mel Tucker's and his staff are, his coaches, that that'll bite you, that your ceiling is lower than you want it. You can recruit to a certain level, but you will be, you know, before Clemson became Clemson under Dabo in its peak years, people used to call things Clemsoning, right? Because it was Clemson always had these good teams that just, you know, screwed it up. And you don't want to be that. You don't want to be pre-Dabo Clemson. And that's what... um you know, you, you worry about sort of the the ceiling of a team if if you're constantly making mistakes, you're having that one game, and you, and, you and don't al- manage the clock. And also, I mean, what are you know what are going to be the changes to the coaching staff in the off season if he doesn't make a move and they go six and six? I mean, well, we'll get into that in a little bit. More yeah. uh, groovy donut Twitter questions. Uh, last one from Eric Schultz: Does the man bra happen if MSU fails to reach twenty wins in the regular season? Does it include the Big Ten tourney? If it's regular season, Graham needs 12-8 and eight in Big Ten play. That's no gimme, Graham. And from Alex James, over or under 12.5 Big Ten wins for MSU basketball. Well, fuck, over now. I mean, you know, that's what uh, it's better be over. No, I, I don't. I think we were pretty um, detailed on what the, the parameters of the bet were. We'll have to go find that because was it NCAA tournament or was it 20 wins it, it, like after the Big Ten tournament, I think we we explained it pretty good, and I want to make sure we have it right. Regular was it, season. Was it 20 wins or was it an NCAA tournament, though? I don't know if it was 20 wins. Was it? I thought it was 20 wins. Okay. If it's that, if I said 20 wins regular season, not including the Big Ten tournament. Um, Someone let us know. So I, have, have go, I have no idea. I'll have to go back and find, yeah, figure out when that was. I would love to. <laughs> we do have to figure out the parameters because I'm going to do everything I can to squirrel out of this if it gets tight. So, um, Well, we're not rooting for it. I mean, right. We don't really win. Right. Good point. Maybe for just a day, I guess. Uh, Dominic next. Making sure I got this right, so correct me if I miss something. Larry Nasser was indicative of a cultural problem at MSU that was perpetuated by both Tom Izzo and Mark D'Antonio. Bo Schembechler uh, threatens his players with getting raped by Dr. Anderson and Jim Harbaugh, and Desmond Howard publicly states that they don't believe the victims because that's not the Bo they knew. Dead story. Devin Bush tramples on the Spartan logo because in roided rage, the team smears feces all over the locker room walls. MSU incurs a fine. 
MSU gets a 100K fine on the backs of Harbaugh's pearls and prosecutor with a navy blue penis. Alas, my question, Graham. You're fair with everyone. You're a reasonable fucking dude. Do you realize that it's impossible to try to convince MSU fans that media coverage in the state on a whole isn't fucked? So I do think today um, that people, that the Detroit Free Press, which I believe was out front with the story with David Jesse, with the Detroit News, have both been. um, Why don't you write something? Have been pushing this story, have been reporting it, have been getting a hold of, uh, you know, the, the, the. People in the story, not just Michigan um, and Eli Savitt, the uh, the Washtenaw County prosecutor uh, for the story with uh, Mazzy Smith. And uh, for those, if anybody has been living on, under a rock, uh, yeah, the story is <laughs> Mazzy Smith was uh, pulled over had a uh, for speeding, and and the freak was the one who uncovered the you know the, the police report um, and had a gun in the car, didn't have his license or the gun registered, may or may not been in the process of getting the gun licensed, um, and basically this all came out today with the the charges being released, a felony charge for gun possession. So, But didn't someone find this out on Twitter well, first? Well, people knew there was something out there, but there was no charge. There was no, uh, you know, there, the, the, so there really wasn't a great record. It wasn't like people were just sitting on it. It's not like David Jesse is sitting there. David Jesse's a... Pretty dogged reporter. Do you know how many articles I read about L.J. Scott's parking tickets? I'm sorry, Grin. There's nothing. There's no way you could spin this. It's just. It's wild. There's no way. I know that you want to defend your people, but there's something to this. How many stories did we write about L.J. Scott's? There's a lot of L.J. Scott that was talked about endlessly. Okay. His his parking tickets and how many? I'm not. He's got over 25 ticket part. You know, it's just. This is a felony we're talking about. There, this is there, a misdemeanor. Well, we'll get into this with a lot of people here, but th- this this is a well, situation. We'll get into it right now. I'm not going to. What are we going to wait for? Well, very specific questions about different elements of it. We, got, right. we got like 84 of these, man. Well, I know, but we just move on. I'm just okay. yeah, no, no, but no. To to Dominic's point, there are elements within the Detroit media that definitely, and I think major columnists at the News and Free Press, for sure, lean U of M. It is Wojo. It is it is. Uh, Mitch Album, and you know you you mostly see them at Michigan games. They mostly seem to um, care more about that university, and that is a problem. And that feeds into this narrative for sure. And then there are incidents. W- there are things that you know. If you go back to the uh, Larry Nasser situation with Mark D'Antonio, that wasn't a Detroit media thing. With Izzo and Mark D'Antonio being lumped in, that was an ESPN national media, and in the way those two stories were conflated, and that that that's a separate thing. Like the Freep didn't even cover, the Freep did not. The Detroit Free Press let the Lansing State Journal, without getting in our way, forever for like more than a year, cover the Larry Nasser story. That was not. That is not on on the Freep. That was us working together in in in, in conjunction, and. There are situations. I I do think the Bo Schembechler legacy thing is is a weird deal that it hasn't been. Like the people are even still able to say Bo's name there is 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 a positive legacy is kind of fucking ridiculous at this point given the information that that's out there and the questions that that, are, that have been had, and and I and I think that's a problem that every time it happened it's not like what the hell man, but I also think those stories are when you have 
a dead doctor and a dead former coach. And it's men. It's different than young women giving uh, victim impact statements on national television in front of a doctor who's still alive right there. Like they're, 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 just in terms of the television and the media and the uh, what was created as a national story, just very different. And it was always going to be different. And that's not on the Detroit media because the national media chose not to make this a story. That's not on the Detroit media. Does that mean there aren't situations where I understand that it, that it feels very different the way MSU and Michigan is covered? Absolutely. There, there are, and, and I think the Detroit papers need to be careful about that and probably need to push their two lead columnists to make sure they are uh, uh, balanced on that. But some of those stories are a little different. They feel a certain way, but if you look where the what drove the way you feel about those and who were the news organizations that really drove the narratives that that wasn't I don't believe really a Detroit deal when you when you look back at the Nasser and the D'Antonio Izzo thing and the way those were conflated maybe maybe next does the MSU basketball team have an issue with slow starts this is what I love about the show you can go from that to that um although we could have gone in any order I just chose to go with this one next I I don't they have an issue they have some issues um that we've seen they have issues putting away games as much as they do slow starts this was bound to happen right I mean, right now they just have an issue with healthy bodies and talent. They're just not better than people when they're down Malik Hall and Jay Nakins to the point that – and what, what happened yesterday was bound to happen. The, I mean, I have my own – like, to me, if – like, Cormac Ryan has – makes his first six threes. <laughs> what can you do about that, I guess? Well, I have a thing. Like, if I was a coach, I would have a rule. We don't get beat by a white guy hitting threes. Like, until he does something else to beat us, lock his ass up. That man is on a Division One scholarship for one reason, and I don't care if you have to punch him in the gut or the kidney or the throat or shadow box him, whatever you got to do, you, you, you do not let a guy named Cormac beat you from three. Number one rule. And I would look at my bench and I'd say, if any of you can shut him down, you'll start the next game. But that's that's if my own. If you name your kid Cormac, when do you start to prepare him for getting getting his ass kicked at school? Well, if he's like good enough at basketball and you send him to Notre Dame, maybe he gets okay. He's got to be he's got to be lucky athletically. Well, name him Cormac. Yeah, I don't know if there's an issue with slow start. I just don't think we've seen them with their full complement of players play enough games yet to know if that's an issue or not. Call me Al next. Are Harbaugh and Ward Manuel so isolated that they can't see the optics of this, or do they just not care about being hypocrites? So there, there are three people in this that, like, I don't, Mazzy Smith, I, I don't want him, his life to be ruined because of this, just like the Michigan State players shouldn't have their lives ruined because of a mistake. There has to be a No kind one's of, asking for that. Correct. There has to be some level of accountability. But it's, ultim, it's ultimately about the comparison, right? And so the problem is that you have three people here that I think you have to look at. There are three common denom- denominators in the two stories. And they're Har- Harbaugh, Ward Manuel, and the prosecutor, Eli Savitt. And the prosecutor is the one who deserves the most scrutiny here. Because, and he put this on himself, Cochran. it's not just go blue on the Twitter profile. It's the number of uh, the tweets that, that, that really, I mean, he is a, an open uh, Michigan fan who is, looks like a, looks like a fanboy for Michigan. And that isn't, that's, that's, you shouldn't do that. When you're in a situation and a state as divided as people are, 
where you're going to have to manage cases that could be like this. That could be a mission. I mean, but why not do it? No one's going to do anything about it, apparently. Well, people are on him right now like crazy. I mean, he is, he, he's got a ton of heat. I mean, th- th- what, what do you mean nobody's going to do anything about it? I like, don't know. I just feel like what I mean is anyone going to do anything about it? What, what do you want them to do? Like what, do you, what 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 are you saying? Nobody's doing anything. What does that mean? I don't know. Okay, so my, my point being like I don't know. I'm just trying to have, have a conversation. I'm here. sorry. You appear like you're you're. In, I don't know. Go I got ahead. I got intense. Sir. I apologize. I, I, I don't even give a shit about any of this stuff. <laughs> like to me, it's really hard for me to be like I see people so upset, and I'm like, are you that upset but about? It's, they have a valid complaint to be upset because this thing happened in October, and the guy continu- continued to play seven fucking games. So right. why can't you be upset about it? The op- and call out the Detroit media by saying, listen, are you guys going to cover this shit? They're, Why are you getting out scooped by Twitter? They, are you a mouthpiece for the University of Michigan? That's an easy question to ask. Well, hold on. Because I'll tell you why. Because Twitter can put something out there without decent sourcing that responsibly the Detroit Free Press and Detroit News cannot. So that that's why you're getting scooped by Twitter, by randoms on Twitter who have connections somewhere, is not a loss for the Free Press News. That's respons- That's being responsible. Often it is. That's just, that's going to happen. I think the um, I, I think there there are valid questions and scrutiny for the prosecutor, and the, 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 I've read the story today by David Jesse on the, the explanation on why this took so long. The problem is, you knew at the same time that this was happening that you had this Michigan State thing going, and for it to drop right after the Ohio State game. I mean, and, and if you so, there are issues there that that to me. Even if there, even if there's nothing that's been done wrong, you have to understand the way people are going to see this, and your own credibility is going to be shot. And when you've tweeted out the things that Eli uh, Savitt has tweeted out, maybe you find a way to recruit, recruit yourself from the decision and say, you know, this doesn't look great for me. I get that. I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm going to have my staff handle it. We're, they're going to make a decision. If Mazzy Smith was a walk-on, would you have been suspended? That's a great question. But the second part is this. If you, if you know this happened, even if you don't know where it's going with an arrest, even if he may have been in the process of getting a permit for the gun, if you're Jim Harbaugh and Ward Manuel, suspend him a game to start. If you suspended him a game initially, and I understand that it's a story, and even if there's no, but if you suspend him a game initially, there's initially some accountability. And then if you find out more, you're like, okay, there may need to be an additional suspension, may or may not, and you can look at that. But you at least had some initial accountability for, you know, you got pulled over without your license and all that stuff. I don't, I mean, I also, gonna, you're going to say that you're going to, you're about to get your concealed permit if you're caught with a gun without the permit. And what we're saying here is basically, you know, Ward Manuel and Harbaugh said, well, he came to us first. So basically you catch a felony and you tell the coach first, you can play. It's ridiculous. Well, and I don't care that much about the actual situation. I, I don't want Mazzie Smith's life to be ruined by, you know, another black kid pulled over by a cop. We I don't, don't know what to, reason. We, I don't why want, even bring that up? No I'm, one's asking for him to do, get the death penalty here. What I'm saying is I don't care about Mazzie Smith himself is not the story here. It's how the story is how it was handled. It's Harbaugh. It's Manuel. It's the prosecutors, I, I believe. And, and I think the, the problem with uh, – the situation with, with Harbaugh and, and, and Ward Manuel is just how much Jim Harbaugh put into making sure MSU's players were prosecuted and instead of worrying about his own shop. 
And it, it, it's, it's that pushing towards something that was just unhelpful and unhealthy to the situation when he had this his own thing going on that still bothers me a little bit. And look, I'm not a, I'm not a huge Jim Harbaugh fan. That is not even before this. I'm not. I don't know him personally well enough to say he's not a good dude. But I, I don't. Man, there are things about him that rub me the wrong way, and the way he's handled this rubs me the wrong way. Ward Manuel. Again, don't know the man personally, but I, I there's definitely some hypocrisy, yeah. without question. Right? That, yeah. I think that's without without question. Some dude next. Graham, I know you're not a lawyer, but that Barnaby Jones look you've been sporting is perhaps affecting me. It's pretty sweet, by the way. Question. At some point, doesn't the conduct of this prosecutor get called into question? Imani Bates gets charged two days and two days later and with the same wait. Imani Bates gets charged two days later and with the MSU tunnel guys experience. While it appears, I don't know what's going on with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. While a, it appears it's been since October seventh for this Michigan player's felony gun charge, and they wait until just after the Ohio State game. Don't these guys have oversight on the quality of their job performance? I mean, it's not complicated, right? You either have a gun or you don't. No. Right. Well, the, the oversight they have is elections. It's an elected official, and and there's an argument that when you look at some of the prosecutors around, it maybe we shouldn't actually elect prosecutors because we don't always choose the best people in these situations but um yeah no it, it, look there is this all might be able to be explained and you're starting to see some of it right now but obviously with how gun ho they were about charges to the Michigan state players and how the, the in the time in which that happened when this was sort of under wraps the entire time i think is it it's 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 it, it at the very best it's awful optics and optics matter. And the prosecuting attorney has created these bad optics for himself with his own Twitter account and his own fandom. And that's an issue because in this state, we don't trust people on the other side of this rivalry. We don't, we, and it's become so venomous and it's become so awful that, I mean, people are obsessed with this right now. And I, I kind of understand it. Part of me wants to step back and say, man, there's more important shit. There's a million kids who are, in, you know, put your energy into something else. Like, you're not, you're not Mozzie Smith. You're not these eight guys. Like, there's got to be somebody closer to you in your life that could use your energy than this shit. But I also understand when you care about these teams why people are upset. And, and, and certainly with um, – with what this prosecuting attorney's done here, do, in inter- do you think what transpired, like this, has the rivalry gone to another level? Like, I just feel it's more amplified because people that have been rational, that have contacted me and typing in all caps, and they're they're angry. They're they're usually rational. I think and I just feel some are just like saying "fuck it" now. I think this rivalry makes people unrational, and it's made people more unrational of late. And I think it's made people angrier of late. And and what the the problem is, the problem becomes is if this prosecuting attorney is one of those people, <laughs> and not even if he doesn't realize his own biases as he's making certain decisions. Um, and again, I th- this may be just the worst timing in the world in terms of what it looks like for him, but it's the worst timing in the world. Spawn of stout sponsors up next. Uh, straight up. Wire Gannett Publications, in light of the events the last two months, 
allowing Michigan administration to issue statements and not refusing to publish updates without a public comment with Ward Manuel and Harbaugh, asking them what they knew, when, and what conversation they had with the Washtenaw County prosecutor. And I think this came out before some of the uh, other articles that come out that have been that have been pushing for more. And you have to put when when a statement's released, you can't ignore it, but you do have to follow up. And I think that's happening. I think I think there's been a lot of responsible journalism done today on this. And I think the the problem that exists is there's um, there's such a feeling of distrust and blue wall that a lot of the state doesn't believe that. The, the media has a desire to get to the bottom of it. Joel Green next. Is Eli Savitz still on the Michigan payroll for the law school? How can he not recuse himself from these events then? Never going to vote him out of Washtenaw, so can Big Gretch put on the buffs and go crack a can of state power whoop-ass on this unethical scumbag? Yeah, we'll have to find out if he's unethical here. And what what I mean, the fact that, um, I mean, these aren't the same situations. I get that. And... And maybe it's just he may know this. He may, as this came out today, said, "Ah, oh, this is the, this is going to make me Man, look horrible." Man, I should have had that in my Twitter bio. Yeah, it's still in his bio. It, it, you well, know, why not? You might as well leave at it this now. Point. Yeah, roll Who it. Knows? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, it, look, it, it, yeah, it's, I just somebody in his office should have been there to say, "Dude, these tweets." Does everyone in the office get rid of go him. blue? Yeah, it's, even if you why are, it doesn't matter if you're go blue. You, you, your job has nothing to do with Go Blue, and this is a professional. You, you're, this is your Twitter account for you're, you're a prosecuting attorney. Like you know, don't don't have those tweets out there. Don't do that. Don't be that guy when you have to be a prosecuting attorney for everybody in your county. Bo McJunkins next. Will anyone ask Eli Savitt the tough questions on this? And will he hide behind some legal clause again? Big credit to Charbonneau, Tony Paul, and Angelique for acknowledging the optics on Twitter. Yeah, and those those questions are already being asked. I mean, they were asked today by uh, David Jesse. That story's up now on on, on the Freep dot com. It'll be so. Yeah, I mean, those stories are being those questions are being asked. Uh, next one from Bo Delaney giving us a harsher penalty than protocol. Michigan only getting a reprimand when we got fined for Devin Bush, Mazzy Smith not being charged for months by a Michigan alum, Jawan Howard's team continually continually in altercations can you blame us for feeling that we're treated unfairly no i don't blame i mean i don't uh, look the perception i would have that perception too um it's uh you don't want to be one of those people that sits there and goes why aren't you you know going after them but it's just at some point you have to go wait what's going on here yeah but uh, yeah in every case taking this shit over and over again every case is its own and the big 10 has made it worse recently with some stuff and it yeah no, no doubt you you want to avoid what about if you can do it but it's on it's on both sides i would lo- at this point i mean I, I want this rivalry to go away i want it gone for five years i don't want to fucking deal with it i don't want to write about it there's nothing that makes me want to leave this business more than michigan state michigan and and just i mean it's and, and there are lots of things within the business that make me want to not do this anymore, but this rivalry is up there because it is, it just it's just not fun, it's 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 consuming, and it just shows that it so many people lose perspective on life of fucking shit that's important, and it's not just fans of this rivalry, like the the people coming after Mel Tucker's salary in my own company, and about bonuses and all that stuff. Like if you want to be an investigative journalist, go be that, go to another country. Go to a place that where you know, 
Go to a place where people aren't eating. Go to a place where people don't have a place to sleep. There are lots of big stories that need to be done. Mel Tucker's bonuses are not one of them. And if that's what you are choosing to spend your time on, then fuck your life, man. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing with yourself? Like, so I, what, we just have to read about people that are hungry all the time? What are you getting at? I'm just, no, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, I, I don't know where I'm going. I'm, I'm annoyed by the, uh, th- there's nothing that makes me l- want to be a sports writer less anymore than, or sports columnist than doing Do you uh, think if this. it took five years off, it would help? Though? Yes. I mean, it, yeah, never oh, will. Yes. it won't happen, but. Oh, it would help tremendously because people at some point would miss it and appreciate it. And you would be away long. Yes. And we come back in five years and start it all over again. Well, and the other thing that would happen is neither side would be able to claim any sort of upper hand because what would happen is, sure, Michigan won the last one and the program was at the top, but Michigan State had won a bunch before that. And it would be sort of this five years later, you, you, you couldn't lean on history because history would give a nod to both schools to some degree. It would be a totally new situation. Nobody would have any, any bragging rights. People would a- absolutely miss the rivalry. And I think it would be it would find itself in a healthier place. Five years is what I'd love to see away from it. They do not play. As soon as we get rid of the divisions, that's it. Next one from Bo. Why, after every time Hunter Dickinson scores, he celebrates and flexes like a make-a-wish kid. Kid got away with multiple shoves against Virginia, too. Yeah, I know. He's a – I don't know. I mean, I I know he's – I want to say he's a young he guy. Likeable, he likable. We'll say that. He does have some unlikability – uh, to him, if you're if you're not a, a Michigan fan, there's no question about that. That's he's got a yeah, he's got that to him. He's got a stupid looking face. Chris, I didn't say it. Chris Fletcher, is that your voice though? Chris <laughs> Fletcher, are we overreacting to MSU's Notre Dame loss? There's clearly going to be games where shots just aren't falling, and State is many opponents Super Bowl, which is a good thing. Only eight turnovers last night, and AJ's demeanor was much better at the point. Uh, better than at the pk we shouldn't panic yet right right no entirely not panic because here's the thing is you're just not playing with a a full squad that loss was bound to happen absolutely bound to happen (laughs) well it was i love that shit it it was bound to happen i mean it's better that it was disgusting last night i don't give a shit who was hurt whatever it's fine notre dame shot the lights out but it's uh look yeah look if michigan state had their full dudes, full complement of dudes, I think they would have had athletic advantages to be able to avoid that sort of night. They don't, and right, and that makes it a make-or-miss game. And that they didn't make shots, and, and Notre Dame did. The crowd got into it. You know, you, you got to try and limit those games every year to, to one, two, three at the most where you get blitzed on the road. Just one. One, one will work for you. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think you should overreact to it. I, I don't. If, if they had everybody and they hadn't played the stretch they just had, then I would say you um, you could react a little differently to it. Next one from Chris. More insufferable announcing team. Roxy and Uncle Bill at the PK or the Gus Johnson wannabe and his color guy from Wednesday night and from Steve. Does ESPN realize that Dick Vitale, Bill Walton, Lee Corso, Lee Corso and Desmond Howard are completely out of touch and cause fans to tune out? I like that Desmond Howard's coupled with a bunch of 80-year-old guys, though. <laughs> People really don't like Bill Walton, huh? I don't. I guess it's maybe because I'm 43 and I love Bill, but I can see how he could be hateable. So my thing with Bill Walton is I don't mind him at midnight when it's not my team. I right. think I, I think it, it's... Gambling, sprinkling a little bit on the midnight game? 
Yeah, I think it's annoying when it's your team. And I like if I was out west and I was like, oh god, I got Walton again. And I think Michigan State fans are starting to feel that at the PK eighty because like Walton repeated and, and they've had him several times this year. And it's like okay, I mean, I, I so I I because he doesn't actually call the game. <laughs> so if you care about the game, it's not a great experience. I don't think. Uh, Chris, so who's more insufferable than I would say Roxy oh. and Uncle Bill or I don't know Gus Johnson wannabe? Who's that guy? Yeah, I don't. I don't know who it was. I'm not a Gus Johnson fan, so no. I'm uh, that, that. He's very good at his job. Yeah, right. He's kind of like Dan Dockage for me. They they could be really good at their job. I just crying at the, Gus Johnson crying at the bow statue was something else. I can never get that out of my head. There are a few things he does once in a while that annoy me. That, that drive. Yeah, like I try to look at when I, when, I, when you answer a question like this, it's Joe Clad. When you know they're doing a game, which person do you go? Ugh. And and Gus is kind of that guy for me. It's Clat too. I think the coupling of of Clat and Gus Johnson. Yeah. Oof. Uh, next one from Chris. More punchable face, Mo Wagner or Hunter Dickinson? He's got a stupid looking face. Ram, Jesus, man. All right. So it's easily Hunter Dickinson. Is it? Okay. And I don't know if this is like recency bias, but yeah, I think it would. I don't be. remember Mo Wagner really, but I'd never thought of Hunter Dickinson as like a punching a punchable face. Oh so. my god. You think of that, way? that haircut okay. he's got now and he does yeah, he does that flexing thing. He's just a herb. I, it's not his fault, I guess. But here's the question. If 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 you're a neutral, like if you're not a Michigan or Michigan State fan. Oh, you'd pick Hunter Dickinson out. You'd say without give question. me one person okay. that okay. you don't like who has a punchable face. That's fair. Okay. Eastlick. Chris Eastlick next. Mel Tucker probably won't tell. But is it possible to ask what they're doing in practice that there are still so many guys getting injured when they haven't been hitting? Yeah, I mean, I, I, is it more like lingering injuries or? Yeah, it's just late in the year these guys are beat up. I think it's from the games is when they're getting hurt, and you're not. And there's an argument to be said that when you don't hit in practice, that you wind up with more injuries. It's like some of the coaches, the NFL coaches from yesteryear when they used to have like two days hitting in training camp, will say your bodies were just more hardened than they are today when you don't do that in training camp, and that's why there are more injuries. I don't know if that's true. Probably a lot more guys getting hurt in training camp before in the old days, so I don't know if that's a 100% fair, but I'm sure there are some advantages here and there to, to, to that stuff. I, I, I don't know. And we probably won't talk to Mel Tucker until signing day, December 21st, the next time he's available. Um, so just keep that in mind. Next one from Chris. Why does Mel Tucker seem like such a cheap target when it comes to things like his contract? the Allen Haller bonus decision, and other things. It seems like he is constantly under scrutiny by national outlets. Yeah, there's there's a couple components here. One, I think, is there, there's undoubtedly some racial undertones to some of it. And What? You don't think so with the no, money? they the talk con- about Jimbo Fisher with Texas A&M getting ripped off. Yeah. Just the ball. I mean, you th- I, I think I'm the- sorry. I just don't, I don't view it that way. If someone looks at it as a racial thing, I don't think of it that way. And that's that's fair. I mean, if and Mel if, Tucker came out and said he felt that way, then I would I would agree, and then I would back him for that. But I just don't. I, I think, think they're we're making that up. I, I think know. there are people who feel that way. I think there are people who feel that it's coming for a black man's money, so to speak. No. And 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 maybe that white writers need to be aware that that's a perception of some people. I'm, I'm just saying, but no, it's it, it's partly because look, he got. I want to go to a Hallmark party. Uh, you can come with me afterwards. I'm going back. It'd be great. <laughs> Finish the Hallmark bingo. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. You get one of those 10-gram joints that Skyman has. By the way, speaking of, of love stories, Steve and Libby, yeah. our, our listeners, who are loyal, loyal listeners uh, who, who watch us uh, every week and uh, traveled to, to, to see us and everything, they, 
They are engaged. They got engaged. Oh, I thought they were married. Uh, uh, well, if Already? they are, they you know they're engaged now. So oh. uh, yeah. So if, if they were engaged, if they were married, and now they're just engaged, they're doing it backwards. But congratulations, Stephen Libby. We get uh, ready we, to plan for a year. Oof. They uh, yeah. This has been something that they enjoy together for the last four years, and they say they appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you, Stephen Libby, and congratulations. That's uh, I appreciate you more. That, that's, that's a very good point as, as well. Last one from Eastlick. Graham. I know you've looked into it in basketball foot injuries, but is there a way to compare football injuries with other programs? Good Lord, we're snake bitten lately. I mean, I guess you could do it. It would be hard. You just have to go through. They don't have like injury reports like the NFL, so you just have to go through beat writers' work. And um, I mean, somebody could do a painstaking project uh, in really. Sorry. Nobody, he doesn't have time for that. You, you need like an intern that you come on and say, hey, really, really do some. I mean, this would be a great piece. By the way, if you're in, if you're like a, a college journalist and you're looking to do something that would truly be a great clip and you've got some time on your hands, these sort of stories where you really look into deep data that would take just hours upon hours trying to look at different injury reports and compare different places and how bad is it? Is there any place that's, you know... I, I mean, so basically I you want them to do all the work. and Pretty much. But I don't know if this would even be worth your time. I'm just saying that that would be the person who could do you it. You want to make it in this business. You got to do something that's total ass. <laughs> Uh, Professor GC, I was in Portland, city underwhelmed, attorney underwhelmed, natural beauty was amazing. Where would you rank Portland experience in your all-time travel rankings? I love Portland. I would live there. Um, and there aren't a lot of places that when I travel to, I want, I'd say, boy, I could live here. Someplace I love visiting. Like I love the energy of New York city, but after like three, four days, I'm like, holy shit, this place is going to run me over. I need to get out. Um, Portland, I love. Like, have you ever been to Portland? Have you ever no. been to the Pacific Northwest? Like, mm-hmm. the, it's just like the, there's a crispness to the air. Like, it's just clean. It's just, it feels good in your lungs. Like, it's just, you can get your arms around. I don't know. I like it a lot. Um, but uh, the city, it, I mean, the city's okay. It, but parts of the, like, I like the uh, Pearl District area. Where it, Can you get know. heroin there? Pro- that's, uh, they do have a drug problem, actually, and it's cr- partly with their homeless population, too. That's a little bit of an issue. Oh, blame it on the homeless. Um, Unbelievable! I'm sorry, I didn't mean him. No, He's I got a it, stupid looking face. It's one of my favorite places. I, this trip wasn't as fun because I, I worked more than the last time, but it was. Uh, it's still but it's a, overrun with overrun with homeless people with drug problems. I love it. Both Portland, and Seattle have that issue. No question. Kurt Cousins chains next. Who was watching the games in Portland? Nobody in the crowd, and almost nobody stayed up till two a.m. No MSU game should start after eight p.m. Yeah, the, the crowds were shit, and, and I don't know why. They were so much better five years ago. So um, I thought that was something weird. was happening. It was weird. Yeah. I don't. I don't mind. Listen, the two a.m. thing I was, was brutal, but I don't mind like a nine thirty tip. But midnight. Midnight's rough. <laughs> midnight. <laughs> I was like, oh god, this I'm so old. I had to like prepare. You know, take a nap, oh, get aspirin, and yeah, I took a nap for sure. It was. It was. It was skyment. Yeah. No. It. it I mean, I understand when you're playing games on the West Coast, you're going to have a different time. So they could avoid midnight. Like, nothing should ever start after 10 p.m. Eastern. It's involving an Eastern time team to me. Uh, next one from Kirk Cousins Chains. Keon Coleman, over under five minutes a game for MSU basketball by March. Keon Coleman over f- uh, If injuries persist, though. Well, if injuries persist, over. But say, so say they pretty much stay healthy. They get Akins and Hall back. I'm going to go... I'm going to go over. Yeah, I, I do think that I do think there's a decent chance um, that he finds a role that they like that he's able to, and I think it it increases 
as the as the year goes on. Um, but it, it it's but what's the minute number like that you would say eh like six seven eight if we got that crazy? The question will become: Does he become a regular guy in the rotation, or does he become the guy as a ghost to when he's pissed off, or there's foul trouble? Like, does he have a, a regular meaningful? Um, and, and and I don't know about that. So, but I, I do think they. Th- that athletically he can help them based on who this team is. And if, if he winds up being a guy who's a real – like the question will be is how good a defender is he? Because if he's a guy who goes in there and can lock somebody up, like a guy named Cormac at Notre Dame, and uh, makes them better defensively and doesn't hurt them offensively, the one other problem you have is we'll see what he is offensively. Like you could see against Notre Dame, Jason Whitens for all the gritty effort he puts in, you know, a couple times Tyson Walker would – put a, a move on somebody, go to kick the ball, and instead of it going to Malik Hall, it's going to Jason Whitens, and Whitens is just going to give the ball back to Walker. Like, that was a total fruitless move. Whereas if it's Hall, he can hit a shot, he can drive, he can do a number of things. Um, the other thing I want to say, if you ever want, like, a Keon Coleman groovy donut, they will do it for you. They will put Keon Coleman's number, they will put his face, they will put whatever you want Monica's gonna kill you. on a groovy donut. They will put a detailed face of... Keon Coleman on a groovy donut. They also have red velvet donuts back for the holiday season, which donuts. is trouble for me. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited for this. Go to groovydonuts.com to place your order today, or you can stop by any week, anytime, 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. Thursday through Sunday, 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. Thursday through Sunday on Lake Lansing Road in East Lansing and also in Williamston. Uh, they have great swag, too, for holiday gift ideas, um, but you can brighten somebody's life, brighten your own life. Uh, if you're just having trouble with the uh, Michigan-Michigan State rivalry, you know what's better? Skyman, box of donuts. Dark Mantonio next. I agree that you've got to give got to give a coach at least four years unless the program is regressing by year. What has to happen where MSU has to cut ties with Tuck before 2025? Recruiting, not what it was hoped for. Losing to Michigan three straight, which shouldn't be a factor. A losing record, something deeper. This, this also could have been the Hopcat uh, or the Cosmic Fries question of the day by Hopcat because I think this is an interesting question. Wh- Make what, it the crack fries then. <laughs> what, would, what would it take um, for Mel Tucker, for MSU, to cut ties before 2025? So that's two more seasons. What, what do you think it would take uh, outside of scandal, like wins, losses, what's going on in the program from a, from a football standpoint for them to cut ties? I would say 10 to 11 wins total in two years. And the recruiting kind of it stays where it's at. I don't know. I mean, if you lose the team, something to that effect. Obviously, we always say that if someone loses, you know, if you lose the team, yeah. it's pretty much dead man walking for any coach. I just think if he keeps, if he wins, if he goes six and six next year, follows it up with another five, six win, seven win season, maybe. Yeah, it's it's. Um... It's a good question because I I think you're right. It it would ha- the program momentum would feel like it would have to be in the wrong direction, and then there'd have to be something where there's just this awful game. It's it's a November game that's forty nine to three. You remember the Bobby Williams game, and and it looks like the guys have quit, and the recruiting hasn't been what they hoped for. And and it's it's a it's a good question. I don't think it would take. I don't think the Michigan rivalry will determine it. I mean, the, the, the staff is more reasonable and patient than that, the, the, the administration, and, and should be. It, it, it would take something, it would take a sense that things were going in the wrong direction and that they weren't going to be turned around with him 
and it's one of those you know it when you see it sort of things. And I think, you know, there are people now that are already a little concerned about certain things they saw, but I don't think anybody's at anywhere near that point yet. Dark Mantonio, MSU football is at 12 pledges for 2023. How many more are they going to take, and how many of the new recruits will be four and five stars, which are very hard to get? I, I don't think they'll... I don't think they'll reach before February. Like I, my guess is, Mel Tucker thinks he can get solid players through the portal or through the class later if he doesn't get them. Like I, I wouldn't be stunned if he's got seventeen on signing day on December twenty first, eighteen, with a plan to get more. Like that wouldn't surprise me if if they're in a they're very dead set on not settling. Last one from Dark. How on earth do Auburn and UNLV have a higher APR than MSU? I don't even know how MSU has a high APR. MSU's had so much turnover in the program. That usually cripples your uh, academic progress rate score. So, I mean, easy enough for him. The question is how do any of these schools that have had coaching turnover and roster turnover have high APR? I don't even understand it. I know a lot of people would like to get rid of the APR anyway. Um, But it's fascinating that MSU has a decent APR because – They've had enough enough roster turnover, enough transfers that you would think that that thing would have been in the tank. Plus size, softball dad. They didn't really sit on Mazzy Smith uh, Smith Smith's charges for two months, hot here, just so he could play the entire season. Did they? It, it can't be that easy and that conspicuous. Like it just, I, I no, th- there's just no way because, uh, but it, the timing is just brutal. Like it just. If they'd done it last, right on time. If they'd done it last week before the Ohio State game, and it was like this takes a while, then you'd say, okay, there's no conspiracy here. They did it right before the Ohio State game. You know what I mean? Like the fact that it happened after the Ohio State game, after he played the whole regular season. Now that said, they're planning to play him this week. Like even with this, there's no uh, and Ward Manuel and Harbaugh are you know fully behind him. And and I don't, I don't, um, I don't hate their statement toward him. Like if the Michigan State part of it had never happened from Harbaugh and Ward Manuel, where they were so, where the Michigan State guys were of such low character in their eyes and needed charges, and, and they pushed that, and then their guy is of such great character. It's 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 their own condemnation of the Michigan State guys that makes this their response seem like shit now, and they should be aware of that. I mean, it is it, it's it's it, it leads it, it creates this perception that. They're just completely out to get Michigan State in this situation, and they were willing to do it at the expense of kids' lives. Next one from Plus Size. How long before congressional hearings should be held as to why no charges have been made on MSU's coaching staff and from Nestle's Quick Hotel? At what point in time does it become obvious that Tucker isn't making staff changes? Like if all the the coordinators are still on the staff New Year's Day, does that mean they're safe? No, that's a good question. Like, I don't think something could happen tomorrow, frankly. And but, but the, what's the, the date where you're like, oh, okay, these guys are coming back? I would think it's about the new year because what I think, you know, I have to look at when the Ron Burton change happens, and it may with with Tucker, it may be that he's, it's if he can land somebody better, you know that that's what what I mean. I don't think he was necessarily thinking I'm getting rid of Ron Burton. But when he was able to find the two guys he wanted and make that whole thing happen, it was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Or, and, and so I think that may be part of it, too. He may be working behind the scenes. If there's a change he's thinking about, can I get this guy? And if I can, then I'm going to make a move. If I can't, then I'm, then I'm okay with what I have. The other thing is the recruiting calendar is so different than it used to be. 
It used to be that January was the month that all these guys were on the road, and February 2nd was the signing day. And so December, throughout the month, you saw a lot of, a lot of changes. You've got to be real careful quick. If you've got, you got an assistant who's in on two, three guys that you really like or you really, and, and you get rid of them right now before December 21st, that may be, that may be curtains on a recruit you want. So you, I wouldn't be surprised either if more and more changes happen sort of after the first signing period before the the second recruiting wave heats up. And so I think, you know, right now, like the, the I think it's December 5th, although some guys are already in the portal at the next situation where the portal opens up. Like, you want to have your staff in place. I don't know if this is a great time to be making coaching changes unless you certainly know you want to make one. You don't want a guy on your roster or on your staff for sure, or you know you want somebody else. Um, but otherwise, so I would say after Christmas, that kind of week, right around early New Year is, is if everybody's still on the team the, or on the, the roster the, you know, middle of the, the first week of January, late first week of January, then you've probably got your, uh, your staff. Plus size softball, Dad, with this one. Is the non-conference scheduling debate over that as long as you beat Penn State and Ohio State, you can play four scrubs out of conference? Yes, in some ways. But Michigan still made a mistake with this. Like, it worked out. But Michigan playing who they did could have cost them dearly. They beat Ohio State, so they that's fine. And if you beat everybody you're, you're, and you play in the Big Ten or the SEC or the Pac-12, you, you play in any of the power leagues and you go undefeated, you're going to get in every time. But if Michigan was in Ohio State circumstance and they had lost that game, I don't believe they'd be number five in the rankings. I don't believe that they would be necessarily jumping uh, a team like USC if USC lost as easily and so yes it wound up being fine and working out okay for them but they also put what it's a great team at risk by doing it so it was still a dumb move Jeff Oswald next any truth to the rumor that Mazzy Smith's uh, story broke today just to make your show last six hours that was the plan I think all what along. a marathon that would be six hours six hours two breaks Oof. speaking of six hours two breaks we're going to take a really quick break Plenty more of your Groovy Donut Twitter questions still to come. Couch in the Rube, presented by Skymint Premium Cannabis and Firekeepers Casino and iCasino and Sportsbook app. Hopcat exists at the intersection of great beer and delicious food, complemented by music, art, community, and comfort. Home to a best-in-class beer experience served by craft beer experts. Guests can expect a casual, inviting local gathering place with some of the best damn burgers and fries you'll find in Michigan. Hopcat is proud to be an official sponsor of Peyton Thorne. Show your Spartan pride by ordering the iconic Peyton Thorne burger created by the man himself. There is no better place to watch any Michigan State game other than the 50-yard line at Spartan Stadium. Stop by any of our locations, East Lansing, Detroit, Grand Rapids, Ann Arbor, Kalamazoo, and Holland. To plan your next trip to Hopcat, visit hopcat.com. Ever wondered just how comfortable you can be? Find out with Muskox high-quality flannels. Muskox is a Detroit-based company that creates durable comfort that'll last a lifetime. Muskox flannels are thoughtfully designed with 100% cotton that is ethically sourced and double-brushed for softness. This will be the softest flannel you'll ever buy, guaranteed. For every $100 purchase, Muskox will donate $10 to the Alaska Wildlife Conservation Center. Get comfortable this fall and winter with Muskox flannels. Learn more or order yours today at GoMuskox.com. 
When it's your moment, that once-in-a-lifetime moment, you don't just want jewelry. You can get that anywhere. You want a memory that will go down in history, your history, your moment. We're Metawar, crafted with exquisite style, quality, and love. So your present will be stunning every time you look at it, every time someone notices it, and they will notice. We've devoted our lives to this art, and we're proud to share it with you. The gift you want to give is here. Metawar Jewelers in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, Portage, and Brighton. Firekeepers Online Casino and Sportsbook is the site to play. Get your Vegas on right now from your phone, tablet, or laptop. All the hottest slots and tables, plus sports betting featuring in-game wagering. Download the app at firekeeperscasino.com. Go with the name you know, Firekeepers. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and located in Michigan. Gambling problem? Call the Michigan Problem Gambling Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. Wherever you are on your cannabis journey, let Sky Mint Premium Cannabis be your guide, your friend, and your place. Whether you're curious about cannabis or a seasoned connoisseur, Sky Mint's knowledgeable staff will help you with a vast selection of products to choose from to fit your needs. Sky Mint believes access to the best cannabis helps people do good and feel good, so they grow it right here in Michigan, giving you high-quality, locally-grown cannabis at highly accessible prices. Visit SkyMint.com for special offers and location information throughout Michigan and use the promo code code couch and Rube 20 for 20 percent off your first visit sky mint cannabis you'll love this place find couch and Rube podcasts on spreaker itunes iHeartRadio, spotify youtube facebook google podcasts Castbox, and the rube's favorite podcast addict Couch in the Roo, presented by Skymint Premium Cannabis, and our friends at Firekeepers Casino and the Firekeepers Eye Casino and Sportsbook app. Some cool offers going on right now from um, Skymint, by the way. Uh, and uh, you can go to skymint.com anytime and have these email or these uh, offers emailed right to you. Like right now, featured their featured brand is the North Cannabis Company through December 5th, which is through Monday. All sorts of deals on pre-rolls, eighths, uh, gummies, and um, some really cool offers there. Skyman also delivers. So if you go to skyman.com, chances are you live in an area of Michigan that they deliver. Uh, you can find out there. They do in the Lansing area. They do in Grand Rapids. And there are Skymans throughout the state. Uh, find out locations there. And as always, if you're a first-time customer, use the Couch and the Brew promo code COUCHANDRUBE20 for 20% off. I was there tonight. I was jamming. It's a good night for Skyman. Ten grand. They have uh, ten gram pre rolls, which if you don't smoke, it's like usually a pre roll is a half or full gram, and this one is ten grams. Holy smokes! Yeah, it's a lot of grams. And if you're going to a Hallmark uh, movie uh, oh. Christmas movie party, Skyman is a buy must. two of those. Yeah, for sure. By the way, Ryan Schultz uh, tweeted at said uh, he's a hundred percent sure that the Mambra bet is twenty wins. Yeah, and ninety percent sure it's the regular season that was specified. That's my, good enough. My thought was this. Like, I do think it was the regular season, but I think that includes the Big Ten tournament because my thought is that the um, it was about what the resume is going into the NCAA tournament. Like, the whole idea was what they get in. So I thought 20-win season. So I'll double-check it, but I think it also includes the NCAA, or the, the Big Ten tournament. Whatever they are going into the NCAA tournament. Isn't it great that you have to check, though? It means Michigan State's kind of not playing well. 
I mean, Zion was a big deal because he was a huge guy, and I just broke my chair. Need that on a shirt. Uh, Jeff Oswald next. Will Izzo use this as a way to challenge the blue wall to acknowledge their hypocrisy? <laughs> Why don't you write something? Why don't you write something? Huh? Why don't you write something? I mean, I think the the blue wall has been pretty active today in in uh, in in and I'm in, in a good way. I mean, like there's been some good work in journalism done by what you would consider the blue wall. So, I. I <laughs> Uh, hopefully, but the thing is, Izzo might not read any of it, and he'll be just as pissed off. Jeff Oswald with this one. Uh, how many different ways can listeners ask the exact same question? Guessing Graham knows. A lot of different ways. There's there's no question. You guys are great at that. And that's why this uh, some of the same questions get repeated. But a great question can sometimes spur, asked differently, can sometimes spur a different conversation. And, and, and also with me, like I ramble through like the intro of this today I was so unclear what I was trying to say it took three or four times for me to actually spit it out so sometimes I need you to repeat the same thing Rich Searing next where is all the outrage over Mazzy Smith tell me where there isn't a double standard see that's another way to ask the question yep. just like that Rich on the money short sweet yep and uh there's an argument that there is a double standard certain ways um certainly Michigan State gets held to a higher standard and this isn't just with Michigan. Michigan State gets held to a more critical standard than a lot of places throughout the country, and that goes back to the critique that ESPN, um, you know, has, has had on them for a while. Now, I do wonder if you go back, you know, eight, nine years at this point when ESPN was foying everything they were trying to get and Michigan State was fighting it, what if they'd done it differently uh, had they do it to do over again? Richard Kane next. Uh, have you ever spoken with colleagues who cover Michigan about the blue wall and how have those conversations gone? Um, I, I have. And <laughs> I mean, they don't think there is a blue wall, so <laughs> they know there's a perception of a blue wall. And I do think there's some acknowledgement sometimes that there is a, uh, sometimes a bigger audience of Michigan coverage. Like, like, we cover things at the Lansing State Journal based on audience. It's the reason they send me on the road to every Michigan State football game. When Lansing Community College is right in my backyard, I love that place. Went there, would love to cover them. And yet, I might do two stories a year. It's based on audience. So, you have to understand that not everything's 100% fair. Michigan football draws a bigger audience than anything else that's covered in this state outside of maybe the Lions and if the Tigers are, like, really, really good in the playoffs or something. And that's just that's just the way it is. So there's going to be those realities, and sometimes to the detriment of their own newspaper readership metrics, they will work around that. They will try to have somebody at the Michigan State game, even if the big game is at Michigan that weekend. They'll have a columnist there. So there there is a concerted effort. They're aware of the perception of the blue wall, and there's a concerted effort to be fair. Uh, but it doesn't always come across that way, and, and they're aware of that, too. Do we need six people covering one school in 2022, though, at a game? I know you're going to say from yeah, one, absolutely. From but, one from one organization, you mean? Yeah, I mean, not organization, but team, like guys that are covering for covering Michigan State. There's like seven of you guys. Like In 2022, do we need seven guys? I don't know. Probably not. If you can make money off it and you can, you know. Yeah, no, probably not. All right. Uh, Jay Riemann Schneider. Uh, which do you think is Harbaugh's best Michigan team? The 2016 team with more than 20 NFL players and most think was robbed of the spot against Ohio State or 2021 
that finally beat Ohio State, won the Big Ten, went to the college football playoff and had the number two draft pick, or this year, which went undefeated in regular season with a top ten offense and defense? I think this year. Because, I, and we'll see with Blake Corum now out for the year, but I think this year at the line of scrimmage is, and, and just throughout the rosters is as solid as they've been. I don't know. Would you agree? Do you think last year's Michigan team was better with the high draft picks and the? I don't. Yeah, I would definitely take last year's team. Though. Would you? Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll find out. I guess in the playoff, right? If they get to play Georgia again, are they more? Are they more yep. capable and ready? Uh, Reeman Schneider with this one. You were asked this before and can't remember your answer, but now that Michigan has beaten Ohio State and is the overwhelming favorite to win the Big Ten, are they now the king of the conference or one A and one B with Ohio State? Or was it was the decades-long Ohio State reign too much and is still Ohio State's until further notice? No, I mean, it's Michigan's league right now. They've won it two years in a row, and, I mean, time doesn't— What else do you need to do? Yeah, time doesn't stand that still, right? I mean, it's—yeah, it's, they've won—and not only that, they, they've beaten Ohio State handily two years in a row. It's, 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 it's their league, and somebody else has got to take it from I mean, is there a them. possibility Ohio State could get into the playoff? There's a possibility. Right? Yeah, for sure. I wow. mean, I, there's a. I think if USC loses, I think TCU might be able to lose and and still get in. No. Yeah, really? yeah. I mean, when you look at their overall schedule, their schedule. I think their strength of schedule is stronger than Ohio State. Do we need a 12 team playoff then? Yes. Ugh. But 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 if you think about because their only loss would be to Kansas State, which is ranked number 10. If they were to use this week, lose this weekend, it's not like it's a bad True. loss. Yeah. Neutral site loss number ten. I think US I just view it as TCU, the outlier, right? They're usually not you have to go undefeated as a TCU. Well, that's the other thing. If if I'm the your the, reputation, I guess. The one year where somebody really got screwed in the playoff was the first year when TCU was number five. And they fell from like three to five despite winning. Like they they deserve to be in. The one year like you can claim the first year more than any other year that we did not have a true national champ because TCU belonged in there and you don't know if they would have won it. So, like, I, I think just for that, for sentimentality, for knowing you once screwed that program and this is their first chance to be in it again, I, w- I would make sure TCU is in win or lose. USC is the interesting one because they would have a second loss and it would be to the same team. And I think if USC loses to Utah, Ohio State probably gets in, which I, I think is somewhat bullshit because Ohio State doesn't have to play this week. And Ohio State might lose again after last week if they had to play again this week. And why, why does – USC get punished for losing or for playing an extra game. Next one from Jay. Don't know if you talked about it or not, but did you travel from Oregon to Penn State back to Oregon? If so, that is some dedication to the craft. I did not. I stayed in Oregon the whole time. That that would be too much. And frankly, to hear Mel Tucker talk for three minutes after a game, uh, I didn't think it was worth it. Got a lot more out of being in Oregon and uh, able to cover three MSU men's games and two women's games. And but. Um, but I appreciate you thinking I might have. So that means my quick takes weren't that bad. David Witcher next. Did we get too excited too early about Matty Sissoko? Since Kentucky, he's been showing flashes of the last two years, like dropping the ball and having bad fouls. He had a rough game last night. Wasn't yeah. good. No. And he had he had a Matt Costello sophomore year moment where he like catches the ball and he could turn and dunk it, but he was he kind of panics and <laughs> was he great against Portland? Uh no. Right. No, it's been it's, – he's had – here's my theory on Sissoko. I think and, – and he's got to get over this. This can't be his thing because it doesn't work. I think he's better playing up to the competition. When everybody doubts him, when he's playing an All-American center, 
Matty Sissoko has athleticism, he can dial in, but the problem is he's not good enough to dominate people who aren't good, who aren't as good, or aren't as athletic yet. And he, and so, you know, he can look bad against just average people and he can look good enough against great people. He's better, you know, I I think that's kind of my theory on Matty Sissoko right now. He's got a ways to go. He's obviously shown enough this year that, you know, he's taking strides. But that's what makes it confusing, what he's shown, like, earlier in the year. He's not consistent. A couple of games, you're like, I, I swear to God, it looked like Shaq back at the LSU days. And then you look at him the past two games, you're like, what What and, happens, though? And he had some moments. That, I mean, I thought they were going to get back in it when Walker had that steal and they had that alley-ooped him and, and, and he got some, you know. He needs to just be owning the glass and rim running. And, and, and he hasn't always, I mean, he hadn't done that a ton. There have been a couple of games where I thought Jackson Kohler was better in certain aspects than Sissoko, and, and that's that shouldn't be the case athletically for Sissoko. Gavin Haas next. Is MSU basketball going to be okay when Malik Hall comes back? Or is this team a victim of looking good in the early season like the matchup-proof team from 2020 and 2021? <laughs> Thank you, Gavin. This team's matchup-proof. If this team is healthy, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be in contention with – the upper four or five teams in the Big Ten, I don't think anybody's uh, – Purdue may have separate – Purdue looks really good. I still um, I still look at the roster and I'm surprised they're so good, but it, it's come together. Um, I, the, you know, and, and that's the one thing that sucks about Hall being – well, lots of things suck from what we call about being hurt right now, but the game at Penn State uh, next week, like Penn State's a pretty good team. They're better than I thought. I think that's a game where they could really use Hall – and I would love to see what Michigan State looked like against that team with a full complement of players. But, yeah, I think MSU will be fine as long as Hall comes back healthy and stays healthy. They need they need him and Akins. They raise their athletic ability. They raise their basketball IQ. They raise their ceiling just a ton. Gavin Haas and Rampus Dillashaw. How active will Mel Tucker be in the transfer portal this offseason? Do we see any big names come to East Lansing or just smaller building pieces? Well, the thing is, Kenneth Walker was not a big name when they got him. And often in the transfer portal, you're not going to know it. Like, I mean, Jalen Berger was a bigger name than the Kenneth Walker. Yeah. He was like the third running back on Wake Forest, right? Yeah, second. But he wasn't a guy. He wasn't the guy. He yeah. wasn't. Yeah. So it's. So I don't think you'll always know that. Um, but I think they'll, they'll be active and they'll use it and they know they've got holes they've got to fill. I think they'd like to bring in. Somebody on the offensive line. I, I'll be interested to see if they mess around at quarterback at all and 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 do anything there. I can't imagine they will because I think they do like the you know they like what they have and they like the younger guys and and and, and you know, it's hard to recruit too if you're bringing in quarterback transfers. I think that's a dangerous um, spot to be in. You're better off trying to develop them in house. Um, but yeah, I think they will be very active in the transport. I would guess you'll see at least like six, seven, eight guys. Next one from Rompus. Would MSU actually want Dante Moore? I feel like it would cause Kim or Hauser to transfer. That is the that's the problem in, in, in today's day and age. You got to know what you have. Um, but sometimes it might be impossible to know with some of these guys. And do you not? You don't turn Dante Moore down, do you? But you've had two years of Kim and a year of Hauser. Like yeah. you, you should have a feel. And the other thing is. You know, one thing you got to be able to explain to kids is you're going to have to compete anywhere. Just because Dante Moore comes in, and, and I understand a lot of people think he's a special talent, but doesn't mean he's automatically going to be the guy and win the job. I mean, people have been really high on Caden Hauser too at times. So, but yeah, you have to be aware of that. That can be an effect. And so, but if you have a chance for you for a guy you think is going to be even better, like here's the thing about Dante Moore. You don't even I mean, because of Peyton Thorne's age. 
you don't even have to play a Dante Moore as a true freshman. So if, if you know, I don't know what Noah Kim would do. I don't know if Hauser both would leave, if one would leave. But say you landed Dante Moore and both those guys left. You'd have to go convince somebody somewhere. You, you'd want to have somebody else on scholarship at quarterback in the program, some transfer somewhere who, you know, and you'd have to convince somebody to do that. But you would have another year of of having Peyton Thorne with Dante Moore behind him. And, um, you know, and so, I mean, it wouldn't be the end of the world. You really need to have three guys in your program. So if you get them, you can get them. If you lose guys, so be it. That's going to be the nature of the beast is trying to build that quarterback room. Doug Warren next. Lions 2023 rookie QB. Bo Nix, C.J. Stroud, or Michael Penix Jr.? Who do you like most and who do you think is more, most realistic? Mm. I mean, Bo Nix is third here. But that there's a little that's gambling related, I think. <laughs> but I mean, really, Bo Nix. I mean, what pick are we talking about here? Right. I mean, the Rams pick. I mean, Jesus, I, Stroud. I mean, after the game against Michigan, I don't know. I wasn't really that impressed. Penix, first round, top fifteen pick. I don't think so. But the, I can, I can, you can sway me. You can change my mind. I, but and and the thing about having two first round picks, if you're the Lions, is if you know that gives you some flexibility, I guess. And you have Jared Goff. I mean, you know. You could just ride the Jared Goff train forever. The um, <laughs> they'll do it to me. I'm it sure. is interesting that the Rams, the Rams could wind up giving uh, the, giving the Lions the number two pick. Yes, it could be that high. Right, that's incredible. Aaron Donald's out Sunday. Yeah, Stafford's going to be out a while. What a what a dream! Like this, Brad it's Holmes, a, man. I mean, still the Carolina offer that they offered for Stafford, but they didn't want to send him there. I don't know. Still, if this winds up being two, that's a pretty good deal. And, and, but there's no way he foresaw like. No, no, staff correct. getting hurt and all these injuries. Correct. But. He, do, he do, does not deserve credit for for that in, in, entirely. But obviously, if it works out as the two pick, that would be pretty awesome. Sure. Jarrett, next. What MSU football player surprised you the most this season in a good way? I saw this and I was trying to think about like who. I think Elijah Collins would have to be it. Like I, I didn't know if he was ever going to be a part of things again, and he wound up being a pretty productive, good running back. So uh, to me, it. Elijah Collins would would stand out as the guy that I thought was that just re, his reemergence being such a good story. I, I, that would be it. Ken Chu up next. If there was uh, there was a twelve team playoff this year, how many teams would have a chance to win it all? I say six: Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC, Alabama, and Ohio State. Assuming Michigan, TCU, and USC win their championship games, and I would add Tennessee if their QB wasn't injured, or LSU if they upset Georgia. So the, the yeah, this part of the argument for a twelve-team playoff or against it is how many of these teams really have a chance anyway. But this is a good year. Like is Alabama and Clemson that were so dominant for a while, and Ohio State. Like might none of those three might be in the top in the in the in the four. It does raise the point that year to year, there can there is more parity perhaps coming. And if you've got six or seven who can win it then you can't have a four-team playoff. Then you ought to have at least an eight-team playoff, and I don't mind a 12. Um, I think you're probably right on on all those. Tennessee before the Hendon Hooker injury. Uh, LSU, I thought, had a chance for a minute, but yeah, you're probably right in there. Jordan Mack up next. With Matt Rule, Luke Fickle, Lincoln Riley, and Chip Kelly all coming to the Big Ten, do you think MSU would make a 12-team playoff within just the Big Ten? <laughs> Here's a Michigan fan for you. 
I, know. I love you, Jordan. That's outstanding. I deal with him often. <laughs> He's like, not, yeah, I'm sure my uh, my Twitter questions will be at the bottom. It's not at the bottom. We no. got a lot of them. You're right in smack dab in the middle. You, Jason's got a long way to go reading these. <laughs> um, and he was on the floor at the Michigan-Virginia game. He got his boss's seat, so oh, nice. I had to watch him. Him and his uh, fiance Sam, were at the game. and I, <laughs> It was just wild. And when you see, you see somebody you know, you're just constantly look, looking at the the end of the basket. He said he was talking to the ref, too. Was he? Oh, yeah. Fun. I didn't know that happened. I guess. You pay yeah. for those seats. You can talk to whoever you want, you know? Yeah. Um, or your bosses. Either way, it, it works out. It is, the, you do – I mean, it is a – the coaches coming into the league now, and we'll see what this actually winds up being for these programs. Nebraska thought they had a home run hire before this. There have been lots of teams that have thought they made great coaching hires, and it hasn't worked out. Chip Kelly has not been – unbelievable at UCLA been, they were better this year but it's been a kind of a slow build there but Lincoln Riley for sure Luke Fickle I think is as good as Wisconsin could have done without question Matt Rule great hire at Nebraska and Fickle and Rule we talked about it those guys have flipped programs it's just scary if you're Michigan State you might be like hey let's just keep divisions we'll stay in the east avoid these guys um but yeah no look if the league gets tougher Michigan State's got to ramp it up and this is where Mel this is what they're paying Mel Tucker 9.5 million a year Oh, to why do. you got to bring up salary? <laughs> they are. He's got to recruit to a level. He's got that. That's who he, he's being paid to compete with and win against his fair shot, his fair share of times. Next one from Jordan Mack. Michigan being in a completely different stratosphere than MSU will do more for cooling off the rivalry than taking time off would. Uh, thoughts? Bullshit. Here's why. <laughs> because Michigan State fans have seen the other side of this thing, and they cannot go back no and so the, the, from their side of things it's going to be with guys like that with those kind of questions i mean yep you know you try to be nice and say hey man that was an unbelievable game against ohio state domination and jordan mack drops oh he, would, would michigan state even be in a 12 team playoff in the big 10 no he like, dropped his money line bet on me that he, he bet a thousand to win like 4k but so i'm like jesus man i'm trying to just be you know what i mean i'm yeah. trying to be cordial and then that happens and i'm like well fuck this dude you know what i mean like <laughs> we appreciate like, right, you jordan on. No, and also I think that Michigan State is in the heads of Michigan in ways that never before, and I don't think that changes easily. Enough's been done over 15 years. There are too many people of a certain age who don't know any different. Um, that that rivalry is 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 to cool off would need time off. From the woodshed next. Last weekend was so deflating for the MSU football fans. Ohio State is teetering off a cliff's edge after Michigan spanked them. And we're still light years away from both of them as a program. Will we ever catch up to them? Going to have to recruit at a different level. And it really, I mean, it. you think about a year ago, it didn't feel that far away. And it did for Ohio State, but but not as much Michigan. And you get a couple good recruiting classes in, and those guys get to a certain age and start permeating the program, and all of a sudden everything feels fine again. It really does take recruiting at a high level. And so that's why all eyes are on this class right now, this year for Mel Tucker. Ryan Day, hot seat? I you love know, those questions. Well, it's interesting. Uh, Joe Rex wrote, our, our old friend wrote a, wrote a yeah. piece about uh, about Vrabel from the Titans, who's an Ohio State guy, being a better wow. fit there and just throwing That's everything a good take. Him. Yeah, I don't, I I don't think it's that. a bad. And, and here's the thing. For Ryan Day, I don't think right now, nobody's going to fire him now, but if they were to lose again to Michigan in this way, and and as, as Joe put it, he kind of shrunk in the moment in that game. And, you, you, you know, you, you can't be John Cooper at Ohio State. You can win every other game, but if you don't win that one, they're not going to keep you around. Because there are a lot of coaches 
who can win almost every other game at Ohio State. It's with the way talent. they lost. Yes. I mean, at your own crib, you get yep. hammered. Harbaugh absolutely came up with a great game plan. I mean, and, and you get yeah, you get out coached, right? And, and you get out coached in game too. It was, but I mean, after the you know the next two days after the game, people are calling for Ryan Day's job. I get it, but if it still happens a couple of weeks after, like, okay, you're crazy. Uh, from the woodshed, should Tuck go after the Texas quarterback Hudson Card in the transfer portal? He'd likely be an upgrade at the position, and he's eligible to play immediately. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see what they think there. I don't know. I don't know if you want to mess. I think quarterback rooms are a delicate area, um, and uh, if you think, you know, we'll, we'll see where they're going right now. And, but if you said you got to compete anywhere you go. Right, but you want to make sure something's a truly an upgrade. Like, I think one of the things that, um, like with Michigan State basketball and uh, Sissoko, like, I don't think they were sure that some of the kids they were going to look at at the five were going to be 100% upgrade. So they didn't really look at kids at the five that much. Now, the kid at Iowa State, I just covered him and I covered a game for the Des Moines paper when I was out in Portland, who was available, came from what, St. Bonaventure or St. Saint somewhere. He's, holy shit, yeah, he would have been, MSU could really use him right now. Like, that would have been a hell of a get. And um, so you just have to know if what you're getting is truly an upgrade or what you need in the program, if what you need is just somebody who's willing to, like the kid from Temple who came in and Russo and, you know, was willing to compete and didn't win the job, whatever, it, it, it elevated your overall position by having some experience there and, and, and pushing Peyton Thorne, then that's fine. So, But I think they've got those guys in the program. I think there's too much. Like you, If you still think you have it with Kaiten Hauser, you, you don't mess around with somebody else. Nick Palmer up next. Overall rates, how MSU handled the running back position this year. I thought pretty well. I thought, um, you know, once Elijah Collins, though, I mean, he probably could have played a little more, but once he, bit. but he he became the number two guy, and they ran, rode him all the time. You know, he played a lot, and and the Broussard when he, I thought Broussard early, they really loved Broussard, and then Broussard struggled, and they stopped playing him, and then he played better, and they played him a little more, and Berger got better. I, I don't know. I don't think I don't. I thought they were okay there. I didn't think that was a big issue. Nick Palmer with this one is MSU still a destination spot for the transfer portal. I would think to some degree because they play a lot of guys. They've had some success there. Uh, the, the Kenneth Walker thing is going to help, um, but they—they—they, you can come there and you'll you can play. And so I think that's what transfers want a lot. They're looking for a fresh start. You get to play in the Big Ten. You got a chance to help to be on the field. I would think it it very much is is a destination for the transfer portal. And essentially. Eventually, if you're Michigan State, you don't want to be a destination for the transfer portal. And Kenneth Walker having success with the Seahawks is definitely helping, too. For sure. As you're seeing that, he's having success already. Uh, Nick Palmer, would you hire Hugh Freeze or Deion Sanders to lead your college football program? It depends on the program it's, and the situation. It's Deion Sanders, and it's not close. Oh, sure. Uh, I would hire Deion over a lot of other coaches. I can't believe Florida State doesn't hire him. Okay, right? so this is Fire either or. Sorry, I thought he meant it was like. If would you hire either of these guys? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, no. But between the two of them, hundred percent, Dion. Yeah, the, Hugh Freeze is a fuck. He's Hugh a Freeze. weird dude. Yeah, I'm just not a fan. Um, <laughs> and and whatever. But it, I like it guys fit, that are out there. But Hugh Freeze is something. It fits Auburn. They can. That'd be a good marriage. Jeez. Dion, though, to me, he's like, made for this transfer portal, and he is. I, shit. I think he can be difficult to deal with a little bit. I I do think if I were a program like Colorado I understand I don't know if that's a fit but I understand why would you try it though correct if, program like if you are off the radar he's a guy to bring you back on the radar why he not you a chance what, what what other choice do you have you just hire another retread you yeah. win three games uh Matt Venny 
up next. Do you think the New Year's Six Bowls should be separate from the college football playoff? Bowls like Rose, Orange, Sugar, Fiesta have lost their mystique being a part of the playoff, and it would allow mid-tier programs and fan bases their reward for a good season like MSU had in 2013. Well, I mean, MSU had a great season in 2013. No, because once you get to a 12-team playoff, those bowls are going to have to be part of it. They're going to go away because then you're dealing with the next tier down, and those those aren't games that anybody's excited about. So they're, they're either going to have to be part of the college football playoff going forward um, or they're just going to have to disappear, which which could happen There's eventually. There's too much money in the Rose Bowl, though, right? I mean, Yeah, the Rose Bowl is being a bunch of dicks, though. I mean, they, they act like they're so important. They need, like, okay, you were great for 100 years, and we get it, and everybody loved it, yeah. but wake up to reality, man. Yeah. Um, Steve Beckman, should Bryce Berenger win all of the National Punter of the Year awards? Uh, give me some Hoff. Let me see where he is on the punting stat. Wait, before you look, name another uh, Division One punter. Oh, man, I don't want to do that. The oh. Iowa guy, he's good. Um, <laughs> I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me. All right, so he is he is up by a considerable margin. So yeah, I mean, it, I know he fell off a little bit. He had a couple games that weren't great. They had you know some snapping issues, so he's not going to break the division one record. But he's still at forty nine, an average of forty nine yards per punt. And it's not like he didn't punt a lot. He punted fifty times. So, um, and the next guy's at forty six point eight three. It should it it should all be. Uh, Bryce Berenger, I think. And I think he's got a chance in the NFL because he's got the leg for it. You know, that, that's Why what, wouldn't he have a chance? Well, sometimes you can be a really good punter, but you're not a, a booming leg guy, or you're a booming leg guy, but you don't have the ability to like pin people deep with accuracy. And I think he's got kind of all. Like like Mike Sadler, at his peak, was unbelievable at it, putting the ball inside the 10-yard line. But he didn't have an NFL leg. Like He was a you know, 43, 44-yard punt type top guy. And then there are some guys who can boom it, but when you're like, what we really don't need it, what we really need right now is a 30-yard punt that's inside the five that can't do it. Or if you're the Lions, you just go for it all the time. That's true. The Lions don't Pay need your punter punt. $2 million a year. <laughs> Steve Beckman up next. How excited are you for the USA soccer game against the Netherlands on Saturday at 10 a.m.? Where will you be watching from? I'm not going to be watching. Oh, he's talking to you. <laughs> you, well, I'm, you're not going to watch the. You're not going to get it. No, no. I'm, okay. I'm, ex- I'm. I can't even describe my excitement. I love the time slot. I'll just too, wait for your tweet or something. The beauty is 10 a.m. Groovy Donuts is open that morning. Get up, go to Groovy Donuts, get a coffee, couple donuts, maybe a box of six. Elizabeth and I can sample of all. You know, donuts, and uh, and then come back and uh, <laughs> Red Velvet will definitely be part of it, and and watch the game. But I'll probably watch it at home. I like, I like being able to focus. I like the. As much as I love the the enjoying like a World Cup at a bar, I can get annoyed by people at a bar too when I care about a game. So I I, I want to watch it with a sound up. I want to I don't want people chanting when I'm trying to hear the commentary. We have bar sponsors. Um, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, well, you want to go to a bar. I'm gonna be at Front Forty Three or Cask and Company. Whatever, probably. Um, for for sure. Maybe Midtown Brewing Company to see if they'll 
put it on for me. Have some brunch there. Fuck. <laughs> Fix that in post. I might have to, actually. Uh, Steve Beckman, what did you think of your Spotify wrapped? I didn't I didn't look at mine. Have you looked at yours? Yeah. What, what, I looked what? at it. Um, I was surprised I listened to a lot of Kings of Leon. I was impressed by how many people reached out to us. Yes. Is their top podcast. That felt really good, by the way. Very, very nice. And uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate you guys a ton. I, I share my Spotify account with my wife, so I don't know if I'll get an accurate depiction. <laughs> and uh, and I use the the Apple Podcast app for most of my podcasts, so I don't. Uh, it's not. I don't get the same. Yeah, I'm not getting an accurate view. South of Mun next. Alexi Lalas is the Jay Billis of soccer. He just loves himself a bit too much. Also, telling non-soccer fans that soccer is the beautiful game makes those people dislike <laughs> you along with disliking soccer. Yeah, you got to you got to not push it on people. They'll find it their own way. Um because I am somebody who used to I remember I liked soccer a lot, but I would also like if I had an MLS game on in the summer, I'd be like, "Man, I wish this I cannot wait till football is being played on this field instead." And that's changed. I don't need football. I got soccer. But that had to happen organically for me. Nobody was it wasn't Jason here shoving it down my throat like, "Dude, you got to huh? fucking watch soccer." Oh. Yeah, what? Well, that wasn't <laughs> great. But you know, you know what I mean? It's uh Yeah, I'm with you. Wait, did did Lawless say it's a beautiful game like during the game or is he I don't how know is he talking he to non-soccer fans? Like if you love the game, I don't mind that. If you're doing it on your air, but if you keep trying to tell people how great it is, that's just it is called the beautiful game because aesthetically, sure. the way that, I mean, that's how you feel and yeah. you enjoy it. Yeah, so be it. But it's like the craft beer nerds. I've always said it. It's just like I don't like your shit. Sorry. Enjoy it, except uh, for our craft beer sponsors. Well, yeah, I just don't drink the craft beer that they want right. you to drink. Right? I don't drink any beer. Uh, Parker Wees next. Graham, will you make Jason watch the U.S. footy match Saturday morning? He can have Sky Mint and bitch, but he should watch. I don't think he's going to. <laughs> I I'll wish be in he Nashville. Would. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's we're right. going to Nashville. What but are you going to be doing Saturday morning in Nashville? Nine a.m. Central Time start. So I'll be doing anything other than watching. Be the fun at a match. fun at a bar in Nashville. They're a big soccer wow. town. They got you know they got Nashville. They got one of their players is one of their best defenders is is um, Zimmerman is uh, you know one of their uh, defenders on the U.S. national team. I don't know if he's going to play. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't. Sell. I can't make him do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm excited about it. Uh, next one from Parker. How fortunate is MSU to get Northwestern as our next and first Big Ten basketball game? Yeah, I think it's this actually worked out really well that Michigan State doesn't get marquee opponents early in the year because the Big Ten wants to save those television games for later in the year when more people are paying attention to college basketball. So Michigan State being a bigger brand, getting lesser brands early. Now, Penn State may be unfortunate because i do think that's gonna be a tough game it's not a tough environment but i'm very i think that's i'm actually gonna go to that game originally i was thinking if i was gonna skip one that would be it but penn state's playing well enough i'm gonna hop on a plane that day and go um plus the state college airport's amazing it's just like the easiest like literally it's like where you land to where your rental car is parked is like me to you jason it's it's so small so and so perfect um i wish every place was like it uh but northwestern is helpful right now they get a little bit of time off. You know, Boo Bowie and Chase Audige have beaten Michigan State before. They're, they'll be confident in that game. They'll, That's they'll right, Boo Bowie. Still around, man. That guy's got to be like 64. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's helpful. That's a helpful next game for sure. Zonovan Knight. What a name. Do your sponsors listen to your show? How do they know that you actually do the ads? 
Does Hopcat have some poor intern listening? <laughs> Does Hopcat have some poor intern listening to every show? Do they get mad when they fuck it up or cuss? No, they, I mean they know that's sort of our thing. Like we we're gonna fuck up and we're gonna cuss. Um, and there's actually been you know people that listen to the show that are affiliated with some of the sponsors. That's how it organically happened. Right? Most so. of our sponsors at this point have come to us. Yeah. Like early on, it was us going to them. Um, God, we sound like assholes. Though. They well, just come, they came to us. No, I didn't mean like that. But like, but because it's a fit, like yes. you know, it, and and you know, and, and um, but meaning they know the show. They know the show is yes. what we're trying to say. Yeah, they listen every minute. Hope not. No, good God, no. In terms of listening, <laughs> ears bleeding. Mike Scott, what if I told you last weekend when Peacock was on sale for ninety nine cents a month for one year, I not only bought bought it, but I was yelling Peacock. At my in-laws all weekend. And when I did, my wife asked what was wrong with me, and I caught caught at her. <laughs> and she told me to see a doctor, and I told her to don't coach my team. Then she said, is this podcast with the soccer guy and the one who went to jail? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. At least she said jail. <laughs> went to jail, isn't it? And I yelled, muskox, <laughs> would I win the $20 gift card? You should, Mike, just for that. If, if, if this uh, was a hot take Sunday, you can, if you can repurpose that, you got a real, real good chance on a hot on our next hot next hot take show. Yeah, record well, um, it. But uh, we appreciate you. That is a fantastic story. <laughs> and the one that went to jail. <laughs> that is uh, that is. I hate this show. That is <laughs> that is Hopcat uh, uh, hot take worthy oh. for sure. The um the other thing, the quick uh, announcement: our next show will be Tuesday night. We will include some hot takes. In that. I know we didn't this last Tuesday. Um, we'll do like one hot take a piece or something like that as we do some other things. But uh, Jason's going to be out of town in uh, in Nashville. Therese yeah. have a fun trip. So yep. and uh, and pl- Michigan State basketball plays Sunday night anyway. So it wouldn't have been Sunday night. So we'll, we'll go um, we'll go on Tuesday next. Fart soup up next. If Graham could coach Izzo's team, what would he have done differently Wednesday night at Notre Dame? Yeah, I mean I mentioned earlier with the 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 Comrack or whatever the Conrad or. Comcac or whatever the fuck is Comcac. Karnak. Con, what fuck? I don't know. Whatever his name was. Comcast. <laughs> that I would have put somebody on him and said he doesn't score. He does not hit a three. What do you do? Punch him in the gut? I mean, he was He was good. Fire. He was good. I, I know. I there's always one guy like that against State. I know it's because you've watched Michigan State all the time. It just feels like always a guy like that. Just it was a, a career game or something. It was a tough spot, too, because and, and, and afterwards you find out that you know, Tyson Walker found out right before the game that he had a close family member pass away. So he's not in a great headspace. You've got a game that's at the tail end of like a really whirlwind schedule. It wasn't so much. And, and you know, one of the things I asked Izzo about because people keep talking about fatigue, and these guys are twenty-year-old dudes. Like you're playing a, you know, a basketball game every couple of days. That's not that hard. Don't coach. They're playing a lot of minutes. So, but I think more than anything, it's mental fatigue from a lot of different scouting reports, a lot of different games, a lot of different places. Um, and that was there, but so what I would have tried to do, um, it's it's tough. Like once they once Notre Dame gets in that comfortable shooting pocket, but what I would have tried to do early, Notre Dame hadn't hit shots yet. Michigan State wasn't making anything. It's like seven to two after like six minutes. As you try to interject some offense some other way, that maybe gets you going before they get going, um, because eventually that was going to happen. And I don't know what that would have been, where I would have looked for it. Their limitations on the roster, but I would have tried to figure out some other way to, to with those guards, create some offense and, and, and get things going. Next one from Fart Soup. If Graham's mom was kidnapped by terrorists and the only way to set her free is to listen to the 
Cars for Kids jingle for one hour straight, would he do it? Nope. She would have had a good run. That would have been great. I said, Mom, I can't do it. Oh, poor Cars No, for no, kids. I, I would, uh, it is, they, and they know it, too. They know people hate that, and they still, fuck, no. That's so awful. For an hour? Who would ever? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. dude. No, you, you, I mean, I love and my mom. And the kid's mom, just but, staring at you uh, singing the song? Oh, man. Really? Take my car. Jesus. Uh, fart Soup. Dream World Cup final, USA or England? Who would be in it or who would win if they are playing? I mean, I'm USA all the way here. I'm, I'm not. I mean, I like the England team and I have English roots, but, um, you know, the USA team is. First of all, that would be so amazing if the U.S. is in the U.S. And, and I don't think England. It would be great to watch those blokes. It, it would be. It would be. I'd Sorry. Be, it would be great to watch those blokes. Like the fact that USA plays Netherlands, which is a good brand, a European team, and, and, and I think a winnable game is going to be fun Saturday. If they were able to somehow get by that, then to get Argentina and Messi, I mean, it, I, I am in the quarters. Oof. Oh, man. Keep your pants on. Nah, pants are off. <laughs> Mojo Jojo, is the World Cup a better event than the Olympics? Currently not historically. Yes. Right now, it's past the Olympics. I think the Olympics aren't as, and 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 more than the World Cup, COVID hurt the Olympics. And there have been years I've I've enjoyed the Olympics, but I, I don't get the I get more joy out of the World Cup than the, I do the Olympics. I don't know. What about you? Are you an Olympics guy at all? It depends. Like the Summer Olympics, yeah. The Winter ones. I mean, I'll have it on, I guess. I like certain events here and there. You know, I like, I like the swimming. I like the story. It depends on the storylines with the yeah. Summer Olympics and the winter. I can be talked into something, but to be honest with you, I'm just like, okay. I'll definitely watch cool runnings while the Winter Olympics are on at some point. I like that. It's a better idea, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mojo Jojo, why can't MSU hold on to a kicker? Ridiculous, given the stability we used to have. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, look, as a young kid, came from quite a ways away, and... You know, I, first of all, the thing you have to remember is some of these kids, you don't realize the mental makeup on them until they get here. Because while they've had some pressure at the high school level, basically they've been a, a rock star. Like, there aren't that many high school kickers that can kick 50 yarders, and they're able to do it. And then all of a sudden, you get to a spot where, you know, there's a lot on the line in these games for a lot of people. And um, not everybody's got that that makeup. And, and so I think, uh, you know, I don't know if that's what happened with Jack Stone, but my, my sense is, is, is that's it. Mojo Jojo. How many times are we going to have to watch Hogard lose his dribble and turn it over in this season? One thousand, for fuck's sake! It, it's his problem. Now he didn't have a huge amount of turnovers uh, against Notre Dame, but I mean he he's uh, he's got to get that under control. There's no question. How That's, many did they have against Notre Dame? Eight. It wasn't bad. That wasn't they the usually issue. Win when it's under ten, right? And no, but the Notre Dame doesn't turn you over. They don't play with tempo. That was never going to be a high turnover game. They just shoot seventy five percent from the field. And That's yeah, and Michigan State couldn't hit shit. Yeah, Clint one ball. Bainey, David Bowie or Iggy Pop? You have a preference? Bowie, easy. Yeah, yeah. I love Iggy Pop. Don't get me wrong, but Bowie, if you're making me pick, what about you? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. It's not on your Spotify list, it's I bet. N- yeah, I mean, I know both of them well enough, but neither are, like, my guys, you know? <laughs> Clint, one ball. Uh, what will MSU's 2023 football recruiting class final ranking be? Ooh, okay, let's set the uh, the Firekeepers I Casino and Sportsbook app over under here. What would it What would it be mm. ranking-wise? We said we said it would be a success, but they had more than uh, what was seven four-stars. Uh, what was know, their was ranking? 
30 something? Right, hold on. Give me some Hoff. Okay. Hoff. Peacock. Caw. Caw. Instead of boo. boo. Caw. No? Writing right up in my rectum, and it was painful. <laughs> so, 26? Is that right? Were they that high? I didn't realize that. Um, t- composite ranked 23 for 2022. What year are we in now? Wait, this is... This is 2022. This is Next 2022. Be, yes. Sorry, they're Another 20, that's now. will be in 2023. So, that was so wrong year. So, that was... Sorry. That was... that's Right now, that's their rank for right now. It's 23. Last year was 46. Oh. So... Um, so if it's 23 right now and they don't have any kids but they're highly ranked, what would you say the over-under is? Like 20? Do we want to set it there? Oh, okay. I was going to go higher. Um, higher in the worst way, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I would, if, you, if you're setting it at 20, I'd go over. I would too. Let's set, it, let's set it right where it is now at 26. I'd still go over. Yeah, I think it's weird. Yes. I, I, I guess right around there, but yeah. It's a good, it's a good question. Last one from Clint. Will MSU break its NCAA basketball streak this year as our depth and talent comes into question as we enter Big Ten play? Well, they certainly have to get healthy and stay healthy because the team that's on the floor right now would be a bubble team 100% and would have to, you know, would have some games where shit just went wrong on the road and, and they didn't have enough horses. They might have enough to win enough games. Like the thing, the team now that's there, it, it, first of all, Keon Coleman would help tremendously at that point. But would, I think the team now would have a chance to win some games you wouldn't expect them to. Um, but they would also lose games that to teams in the bottom half that would really hurt them. Whereas I think if they get healthy, I think if you – the team we saw for a while, I thought their floor was a little bit higher. I thought they were a mature team. You saw, I thought they'd, they looked like they had an every-night grit to them, and I thought that would keep them from losing dumb road games. Um, but So if they don't get healthy, you got an issue. I think they're fine as long as they get healthy. Ryan Allen next. How come fans overreact every time MSU gets beat by a team they should beat? Have they not seen the last five to 20 years? This happens every year. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just natural. I don't think there was so much overreaction last night. I think it was just sort of like, yeah, this is that game. I didn't. Did you think there was overreaction? I mean, you just said I'm going to bed. I thought that yeah. was your tweet, right? It was, yeah, that was it. I mean, well, what else did I need to see? Right. They didn't make a comeback at all. I didn't miss anything, I guess. I didn't I didn't sense a tremendous amount of overreaction. I mean, there's frustration in the moment. It was disappointing, yeah, right? Yeah, right? And then you guys say, you know, those things happen. It's just like, <laughs> kinda, you know, it's like, all right. I know. I knew as soon as I wrote those quick takes, I'm like, God, if I were a fan, I'd be like, fuck this guy. Like, he's, well, that's what he's makes, yeah. that's why you're so great. Really? Yeah. Okay. You know how to perfectly weave it in, man. I know I bust your balls, but you are good at what you do. You're like Monterez with talent. <laughs> Appreciate you. Ryan Allen. Why put that it? on my uh, put that on a shirt. Huh? <laughs> yeah, next time you go on this podcast, tell him that. Ryan Allen, why doesn't MSU use more three quarter or half court press with their guards? We have the guards to play that style. Yeah, it's never going to be Izzo's thing. Um, and they, what they don't have is the depth to really press. But also, it goes again. Like Izzo's general thought on on press is you can win a lot of games by pressing people. Now, if you press people sometimes, it can be very effective, and they probably should do more of that. But you can win a lot of games, but it's hard to win championships by pressing because good teams with good guards break you down eventually, and that's that. And and I've seen it. Like Michigan State's women's team 
lives on its press right now. And it's effective. It's a really good press. The Oregon coach talked about it in like their second-level press and the things they take out of it. It's a sophisticated press. But once you beat it, if you've got good guards, like they give up some looks, and if the other team's hitting shots, it's a problem. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm also torn on the press. Ryan Allen, MSU finishes in what place in the Big Ten and what seed in the tournament now that we have a sample size of the season? Yeah, this is an if healthy thing. What would you, what, first of all, what do you think would be there? Let's say by January they've got Hall and Aikens back and they're they're doing their thing. I would think middle of the pack of the Big Ten. What seed? Which currently, be- right now, I don't know. Is this a nine seed? See, I, I think Team, they're. I mean, I think, currently, I think, right now, as we speak, it's. I think if they get back to who they were before the PK eighty five, before the injuries, I think they're a around the fourth in the Big Ten. I think they're around a a six in the NCAA tournament. I think there'll be a bunch of Big Ten teams that are between four and seven in the Big Ten. Well, it term. depends on not the Big Ten tournament, the, uh, the NCAA tournament. Sorry, it, it, it's you know, it's depending on Sissoko, is he going to bounce back and? But I also have th- some games like he had at the beginning of the season. I think it helps when he's got better players around him too. I think part of the problem for him right now is that he's not good enough to deal with the roster the way it is. Like he needs Malik Hall around him. He needs the athleticism of Jaden Akins. It helps him tremendously. Oh, Joshua next. Did Dwayne Stevens leaving impact the development of Maddie's offensive post skills? For God's sake, stop with the fadeaways and make a move towards the basket. It's a fair question, although Stevens was around for two years and Maddie's offensive post skills didn't really seem to be there. So I, I don't I don't know that that's been a huge issue. It's just going to take a minute. I mean, think about a guy like um, Matt Costello, who really didn't have any post skills for three years and then as a senior wound up being a, a, a pretty good center. Uh, Joshua up next with this one. Can they hire AJ and Malik to become player coaches and teach the bigs to do a motherfucking drop step? Hogard was the best offensive post player for MSU Wednesday night. Yeah, I mean, I understand the, the first of all, Malik Hall has got a lot of post moves, and they 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 need they did need him back for that. Um, and they just don't have and and, and I thought uh, I thought um, Hauser had a couple decent moves, and I think you know, obviously Kohler is full of moves. He's not making the shots. He had a late in the was it in the Portland game. He had uh like he took like seven drop steps and then airballed the hook. So I mean he's got the moves. He's got to make the shot. JD next. Did we get our annual February blowout on the road to a team that couldn't miss game out of the way early this year? No, I think it's the game in uh, January 29th at Purdue. Yeah, I'm gonna predict um, it's bound to happen. It's gonna happen again. It's bound to happen. That's right. It's gonna happen at least one more time. Oh great! Let us know beforehand, JD. This MSU basketball team has gone from tournament bubble, then to Final Four lock, then to a second weekend lock, then back to the tournament bubble in the span of two weeks. November basketball is ass. And it's mostly injuries, though. I mean, you just go back to who they were before they, before Jay Nakins got hurt against Villanova. They're winning that game comfortably. And I know Villanova's sort of fallen apart since then, but they, they, were, it wasn't, they weren't playing poorly at the time. And uh, I mean, they weren't playing great either. But they, they, you know, they had some. They were playing differently than they are now. You got to kind of go back to that moment and think that's still who Michigan State is if they get everybody back. Because who they are now, you're right. Is is I I believe this is a team that has a chance to be a second weekend team and a top four team in the Big Ten. And who knows with that? But they've got to be 100 percent healthy to do it. Couch on fire. 
Jason, wasn't that your impression of Graham on Skyman when Bill Walton said, I like peanut butter. I eat peanut butter every day. But see, Bill Walton is kind of more like a, he's got a little Chewbacca in there. Right. I think Chewbacca. Oh, oh, I like peanut butter. I eat peanut butter. I can't do Bill Walton. <laughs> you do not have a good Bill Walton. I do not. <laughs> You're better I off should have practiced that before the show. The more Aussie Jason would be better than Bill <laughs> oh, Walton. Oh, I know. I, the Bill Walton impression is ass, mate. <laughs> Couch on fire. Jason, are you like me? We'll cheer for the men's soccer team but won't watch a minute. Well, shit, yeah. I mean, the U.S. <laughs> Right. I mean, why wouldn't I? I'm not right. going to root again. I don't right. care. I mean, if they win, hell yeah, I guess. I don't know. Am you, I rooting? You weren't draped in an, an Iranian flag before their, game, their last game. Iran. No, I was <laughs> not. No. Uh, couch on fire. What's the floor and ceiling of the MSU basketball team at this juncture? Well, the floor is if they continue to have injuries and they, they look fatigued and, and they lose confidence at some point, the floor is the NIT. It really is. If they don't stay healthy, the ceiling is – Something like uh, top couple in the Big Ten, reading right there, two or three, I think. And, you know, with a bunch of other teams that are, you know, that aren't going to run away from them. And getting to the second weekend and having a really interesting game against a top seed is, say they're a five seed, they're playing a one, because we've seen them play talented teams. And I think with these guards, they can be in that game. Could be interesting. So their ceiling is pulling an upset, getting to like an Elite Eight, being in the top two or three in the Big Ten. And their floor is the NIT. So, right, and that's injury-related, too. So, I think there's a pretty wide gulf right now. Mr. Neurotic Pants, I went to the Dayton Flyers versus Western Michigan game last night. The Flyers had players from Belgium, Finland, Mongolia, and other made-up countries. Does MSU recruit as well internationally? And how do those dudes get scouted? Usually you have a guy on your staff who's a real specialist at that, and it helps, and, and it makes sense. Or you, you, you hear from a guy, you got some connection. That's that's the way it works. And you see it with uh, you know, the St. Mary's coach, with all the Australian players. and I mean, that's always what, what happens. But MSU doesn't need that as much, and they don't have those those contacts. But it's not a bad way to try to build a program, too, if you, if, if you have a guy who can, who can bring guys for you. Next one from Neurotic Pants, Graham. After watching Dayton toy with a feisty and not untalented Western Michigan basketball team, I have to ask, why don't the universities in the MAC develop their hoops programs more? How does a small school like Dayton make Western look like a D2 squad? Yeah, well, Dayton's just Dayton's in a bigger league and a better, more seasoned program right now. Um, and the, the, the MAC basketball conversation has been going on for a long time when I used to cover them. The conference really leaned into football in the early 2000s, and I think to their detriment. They were a great basketball league in the 90s. Look at the number of pros that were coming out, the Bondi Wells, the Wally Zerbiaks, the Antonio Daniels, uh, the, the um, Baby Shaq, you know, all these guys, right? They were just a lot of those guys. Who's Baby Shaq? Uh, who was the guy at Ohio? The um, Larry Johnson? No, fuck. Hold on. Stacy Ogman. Baby Shaq, hold on. Gary Trent. Gary Trent, thank you. Who has a son, Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, thank you. Played anyway. A lot, you had, it was a great basketball league, multiple bids almost every year. And they resources-wise, just gotten you know passed by the Atlantic 10 and Missouri Valley and things like that. And so that's what it is. And, and schools like Western are trying to put more resources in and compete. But, you know, Steve Hawkins, who I covered for a number of years, he will tell you when he got there in, 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 in 02 as an assistant or whatever it was, and uh, 2000 as an assistant, then took over in like 03, 04 through the – 2008 and 9 they were like a have the mid-major they the haves and have nots they had resources 
by the mid 2010s, they were a have not, and it was a real problem. And to the point that the administration, in one meeting, and I shouldn't give this stuff away because I'm working on something with Hawkins about this stuff, but I mean, they were the, they told the coaches, "You don't have to win anymore." Like that's how bad the finances were. We are cutting your budgets. We are cutting substantially. And they they asked him, "Are you expecting us to win?" And they said, "No." <laughs> So that's how bad things got. It's about resources. And that's changed a little bit with some of the old money, the striker family and whatnot, and all the donations from uh, to, to Western. Neurotic Pants. Graham, would you have the chutzpah to ask Mel Tucker if he feels overpaid? I know you think he's paid the going rate, but I'd like to know what his billionaire ass thinks. I don't know if I'd ask that. I mean, because I, oh, I, do. I don't know if it's a relevant question. Like, hey, Mel, do you feel overpaid? I guess it's fair. But I mean, it's not unfair. But it's it's talk slurry into it. I just don't know. Yeah, that, I'll do that. I'll work on that. Hey, Chris, I got one for you. <laughs> Cucker Tarlson, a night with Andrew Tate and his posse of hired models, or the only reporter in the tunnel during the fracas, and you have to break it up all yourself. If unsuccessful in the tunnel, you're slapped with a hundred thousand dollar fine personally. Who's Andrew Tate? That's what I'm looking up right now. He's uh American British internet personality and former professional kickboxer. Oh hell yeah. Let's hang out with that dude. I'd rather be in the tunnel. I've had dreams about this. I think I I, I wish I would have been there cuz I think I, you you're know not I'm breaking that shit up so you're ready to pay 100k? I don't I wouldn't have broken up the the crump thing. That was far away. And that would have been guys, 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 guys. <laughs> Stop it. Guys. Stop it. <laughs> No, no, I would have been like, hey, whoa, 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 hey, whoa, hey, 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 fellow hey, hey, athlete. Whoa, 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 yeah, I would have I would, I would, I would gotten in there. And I certainly, here's the big difference. I would not have recorded it. And it's not that those guys did anything wrong, but it would not have been my instinct. I know that. I don't know how much I would have been able to prevent anything, but I would not have recorded it. Hey, guys, fellow athlete here, calm down. <laughs> Athletic prime talking. Cucker Tarlson, where does MSU get off charging me nearly two grand a year just to park to go to class? I pay almost 30k a year to get a mediocre <laughs> education as it is. I feel like I've been made a fool by a place I loved as a kid. She changed your I mean Michigan State's got, I think well thought of and a lot of people get really good education there so you might want to change your two your grand concentration. Two but that's grand for a year for parking. That, that's bullshit. And there's a lot of stuff in higher ed that's just highway robbery right now for sure. Matt C. Please do a deep dive on why you think Hogard is an NBA guard. I don't know of any lazy 6'4 unathletic guards who can't shoot that are in the NBA. He's not an NBA guard right now. I just, I'm just i just saying that we have seen elements of him that make me think he could develop into an NBA player. We saw it from Denzel Valentine to develop, and we've seen him be a force in the paint. He's going to have to shoot differently. He's going to have to be consistent. It's certainly not, not going to lose him this year to the NBA, um, but there are elements of his game that I think could – develop into an nba player but you're right we're not seeing it right now uh matt see with this one how does Izzo keep recruiting fat <laughs> out of shape unathletic players hogard brooks kohler and cooper does he think he's a good enough coach to overcome this well first of all carson cooper is like lean as a rail uh, and he's athletic too and he's not he's, he's just not stupid looking face Jesus. he's just all right couch man Jeez. he's just not seasoned oh yeah and uh thanks for playing that little uh soundbite there um Kohler's got some baby fat he's getting rid of. Brooks is a you know a, a, a big dude, but look, he's a Mr. Mich- Mich- Michigan Mr. Basketball, 6'6 guy with great range. You don't not recruit that guy. And uh, and Hogard, I, I think, has been better than they thought. I, so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 the premise of your question I have some issues with. 
Matt C., it's also safe to say, as though leaving four scholarships open on this year's team backfired. He has effectively wasted a year. Not sure many other Hall of Fame coaches are this stubborn. Matt, see, we went from a pot. We got we got you positive for a while. You come back to the negative uh, really quickly here. I look. I, I I think that a couple things. One, he isn't really wasted a year. What I mean, what did he waste a year? Wasting like a chance at a national championship that was going to be hard to pull off this year. Look who he's got coming in next year. And what if he loses Booker because he goes out and gets a guy in the portal? Look at the kids he's got. I mean, the class he's got coming in is a for real class. It's a Miles Bridges, Nick Ward, Joshua Langford, uh, Cassius Winston type class. And it may be, may be better in certain ways. Um, and so, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's messing around. He's doing what he thinks is best in his way, and we'll see if it works. I, it, I think it's too early to say it's backfired. Uh, right now, certainly, depth is a problem. But um, they, if they were to lose another guy or one of these injuries would be more long-term, you got an issue. Tyrone Couch up next. What is the fan base that has the worst writers and reporters? Like Michigan fans, the ones that don't know what county Michigan is in, are awful. Illinois fans are now on that list. Auburn fans are Paula Dean clones. So bad. Please don't say it's us, although we see Solari's post. The, no, I mean, it, first of all, Solari's a, a good reporter. He really is. Um, you said he isn't. Well, he's just saying, oh. who are the worst writers, reporters? And he said, we see Solaris Post. So right here, Ty- Tyrone uh, is saying that. Um, Your son. The, the man the man after my my name, yeah. Um, yeah, it, I don't I don't know who is who has worst. I, I know in Michigan State, though, there are a lot of good reporters here and a lot of good writers and a lot of lo- reporters. It's a crowded environment with people pr- making pretty decent content. That's one of the reasons the Athletic pulled out. I mean, the Athletic didn't pull out of Michigan State because there's no interest in Michigan State. It's because they couldn't dominate the space or get enough of a foothold to make it profitable because there are a lot of other options. I mean, that's that's the quality that else is there. That was a business decision based on quality that exists throughout the rest of the beat. Tyrone Couch with this one. Is it okay to still not like basketball? The refs the past few years have made me hate the sport. I still sat through every minute last night, and it was the team that made me feel dead inside. I'm the Lions, Jason, for basketball. I mean, I, I can understand why the refs – there are three or four games every year where I think, why do I enjoy the sport? Because the refs do ruin it. It happens. But at least Michigan State basketball has had success, I guess. Well, it's usually National championship and oh, Final Fours. Lions, they break my heart all the time. So that's why I'm dead inside. And I, and I, I like basketball even with the refs ruining it more than I like football with the – seven-minute breaks, um, although the, there was a media timeout last night. I couldn't believe how long it was. Like, I got up, went to the bathroom, came back. It was like another two Dude, minutes. Between that and the, the scoreboard, like, going backwards, the sky mint level, I just was completely <laughs> fucking dumbfounded. I'm like, I don't want to tweet this out because I don't know if I'm actually seeing this correctly. The scoreboard, what's going on here? Uh, Tyrone Couch, don't you think people that will mow and weed – Eat in thirty degree weather deserve double. What does that mean? Double pay. Double, yeah. Okay. You think? You think people that will mow weed, mow or weed, eat in thirty degree weather deserve double? Also, why are people still mowing? I quit the week of Halloween. Yeah, you should be done mowing at this point. Who's mowing? Yeah, nobody should be mowing. Our neighbor loves mowing. He doesn't mow. Uh, Jake Hawkins up next. 
It's been speculated that the MSU Board of Trustees was the reason Luke Fickle wasn't hired at MSU. If he works out at Wisconsin and Mel Tucker doesn't work out, which FYI, I hope Tuck does, how much blame should fall on the Board of Trustees? Should they ever be allowed in the athletics decisions? That's not what happened. Um, you know, and, and some stuff I don't have on record, um, but the, Luke Fickle was, I think, a little um, fickle on the MSU job, huh. and he was uh, technically never – that offer was never made to him. So um, I, it, it's not it's not as clear-cut as that, but it had nothing to do with the Board of Trustees in terms of what I know at least. Next one from Jake. Even if um, – even if by some miracle MSU has a chance to go to the quick lane bowl in Detroit, do you still think they should say no to that? And are you confident they can still land a pretty good recruiting class since they put all of their eggs in that basket? I'm, I mean, I'm confident it'll be okay because that they're going to have at least, what, what do they have, like a nine four-star guys or ten four-star guys right now? I mean, I'm confident it'll be okay. Will it be um, what they need to really elevate the program? I'm not confident in that. The um, the quick lane bowl thing, I don't know. I, no. I think, no, nah, they need to be done. No. Season needs to be over. Done. They, and the players want it to be done, I believe, too. And they, they put everything they had. In the, they got close against Penn State. They didn't have enough. That was their last stand. We talk about practices, though, and they don't have enough guys to practice. Yeah. So what would be the point? Uh, next one from the Hawk. How many MSU football players with any extra eligibility left will be back next season? Is hoping for 8-4 and four next season too high of expectations? I don't think hoping for it is too bad. I mean, eight and four should be. I think it's a reasonable hope next year that they overachieve a little bit, that they find some things that they're better than you think, and there are an eight win team that that late in the season you're hoping for nine wins. You're, you, Again, you're, it's the, how is the eight and four season played out? Yeah, you can say eight and four blindly, but how does it happen? And, and ultimately, a, a, a six and six team that maximizes its opportunities can sometimes get to eight and four, and so that's what that you need from them. Next one from Jake. Do you anticipate any of the? suspended MSU players possibly transferring. I would be surprised if Crump plays at Michigan State again, but I, I don't know what the other kids. Next one from Jake. What is it about Mike Bray that makes Notre Dame keep him as a head men's basketball coach despite no Final Fours? Uh, not giving a shit about basketball. That's where it starts. They're, they are comfortable with a guy who wins enough, doesn't embarrass the school. They like him, easy to deal with. Like Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah. It, it, the difference is that Pat Fitzgerald did something that really has never been. I guess Randy Walker and people did it before, but like Mike, there are people who could win at, my, at Notre Dame as well as Mike Bray. The, the thing that would scare Northwestern is I don't know that Northwestern knows if there's anybody else who can win. At this, you know what I mean? Like, That's true. Like if you're Northwestern, you're like, ah, I know he's bad right if now. If they keep but, Fitzgerald, everyone will go. Nah, I can see. I can see why. Well, the other thing, it's not a big deal. You're scared if you're Northwestern. At Stanford has this issue even more, but in the new transfer portal. NIL era where you don't have a major passionate fan base you don't take a lot of transfers as it is you got problems and so you're, you're a little scared right now and I don't know if you want that uncertainty anyway you you let let let's you want to figure it out if you can do it with a Pat Fitzgerald next one from Jake have you been to voodoo donuts out in Portland Oregon uh Portland Oregon excuse me that Bill Walton always brags and talks about. If so, how do they compare to Groovy Donuts? I wouldn't cheat on Groovy Donuts like that. No, if I did, I, I thought about it when I was out there, but I didn't have a Groovy Donut shirt with me, so I did not did not step in. I've you know I I've stay heard loyal. I've heard from maybe me, and other people that they're overrated. And you know one thing about Groovy Donuts: not overrated, properly rated, outstanding, underrated, if anything. 
properly rated underrated. Hans Jurgent up next. Ever had uh, an apple cider ice cream float? The combo of artificial and natural sugars are an orgy of sweetness in your mouth. I've had a lot of different ice cream floats, but never an apple cider one. Jesus. No, I feel like I have to take insulin just reading that. I've done a Coke float, which is actually pretty good. Diet Coke float. <laughs> Diet is, Coke float? I've done both, but Diet Jesus, Coke. Jesus, that's the, on the fattest co- thing ever. No, Why it's would not. you just get a Coke? Because it's an extra 150 calories. Oh, and it's what more about sugar. the ice cream? Well, the ice cream's got some, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Hans, why doesn't the U.S. national team have a big dude that scores and defends headers? They could use it, I guess. Um, yeah, big. Uh, yeah, they don't. They just don't right now. But I thought, you know, uh, I thought they were okay defensively in, in the last game. They had two two defensive backs who had not played a lot together, and, and uh, I thought we're, we're pretty good. Upper deck jerk guy up next. Can you rank all the coaches at MSU right now from best on down? Well, I mean, you, you, you're going to give Izzo the nod, right? Because he's just done it repeatedly, and he's done it so often. And, and they're, so it's Izzo one. Uh, and we'll just write something. And uh, I think number two would have to go of the, of the major programs, and we don't know what Mel Tucker is. And Adam Nightingale is just lightning in a bottle right now, but people thought that was Mel Tucker at one point. But let's give Nightingale two. Let's give uh, let's give Susie Merchant three, Mel Tucker four. Let's go in that order. Jesus. No. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I don't know. That I don't, I don't, sound I'm, great. I don't have any fucking. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, jeez, upper deck jerk guy. Who gets injured next on the basketball team? It's got to be Steven Izzo in a bowling accident. That's what I'm thinking. That's that's just unfortunate. Yeah. Upper deck jerk guy, what's the worst smell you've ever smelled? You have a worse smell? I had a roommate uh, named Jeff back in the day, and we would watch on football Sunday, we would just get 30 packs of beer and just, it was back when we were in our early 20s, and we had a bet who could drink a 30-pack of Milwaukee's best, and we had two teams, and he and I were on the same team, and he carried us. He drank like 27 beers or something crazy and then absolutely puked his brains out in our bathroom, and then I had to make sure he was okay, so I knocked on the door, and I said, I opened the door, and it was like one of the, the, the deadliest smells I've ever smelled. I didn't know what was – I thought someone was dead in there. And I look, I'm like, dude, are you all right? And he's like, I need ham buddies. <laughs> and I go, ham buddies? They were the things at QD. We would get ham, because we had a QD right around the corner, and he would get ham buddies. I'm like, dude, you want to eat fucking So we ate ham buddies. So I threw him in there and shut the door. Oh, God. It was like spraying. He ate ham buddies on the floor of the bathroom. It was one of the worst smells ever. That is, I, don't, I can't top that. I will say that one thing that's been driving me nuts is when, People pass gas on an airplane, and uh, it just happens all the time. And you're not, and it, it's all. Like, but I, can you really blame someone though? No, I mean, it's I, just, I, just. But don't you know? I'm ripping ass tomorrow morning. If you're gonna get on a flight, watch what you eat before you do it. No fiber, no fiber. And then I'd say the worst, the worst one I had, and I can't even remember where we ate, but it was like leftovers that we put in the car after a after a meal out, and then went to bars all night, and then came back to the car, went somewhere, went to a game, whatever it was. It was like four hours of leftover food sitting in a car, and I, it smelled like a dead diaper. A and dead diaper? I don't know. I don't want to end the show this way. It was, just, <laughs> it's just, it, was, it was one of the worst. Let me ask you. Did you see the Odell Beckham thing, speaking of flying? I, I heard about well, it. Let but, me ask you. Yeah. 
what level of irate would get, would you get to if you said to sit on the plane for like an hour and a half, then deplane because of someone didn't didn't want to get fu- off? Probably. I'd be fucking annoyed. Oh my god! Yeah, I, mean, I don't yeah. know how pe- I, you don't yeah. read about that. I would just go out of my mind. Yeah, no, that would, that's you just don't be that guy. There are two people on the plane that wouldn't get off and made the whole plane yeah, get off. Yeah. I mean, dude, I just would lose my shit. Um, upper deck jerk guy. Oh, the last one here. Has Jason learned how to pronounce superfluous yet? Yes, he just did. Hell yeah. About time. Nailed it. Well done, man. Superfluous. <laughs> we appreciate all of you and uh, for producing our show and all of your Twitter questions. Some fantastic stuff. I'm sorry we didn't answer them better. My my answers at the beginning were, uh, were ass, but I was trying to compile a lot of thoughts at once, and uh, hopefully it made some, some level of sense. Uh, we appreciate Groovy Donuts. Go to GroovyDonuts.com, 7 a.m. to 1 p.m., and that is Thursday through Sunday, and that's on the East Lansing location on Lake Lansing Road and also in Williamston. We appreciate Skyman, and uh, Skyman can get you through any day, any family occasion, any tough month, whatever it might be. Go to Skyman.com for location information and daily specials. And we appreciate Firekeepers, the I, Firekeepers Eye Casino and Sportsbook app. Download the app today. Play the games with us. Play the World Cup games. Lose money with me. We will be back on Tuesday night, and uh, we'll do some hot takes and, and all that stuff. Good show, man. Yeah, man. Catching the roof.